It is the Chair Shop Podcast back for its 567th edition. Again, I don't know why lately these numbers are starting to sound shocking to me, but just saying that large number out loud really makes me think. Uh, we are back here of a Sunday evening, your regularly scheduled Chair Shot time slot. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by our ever dependable co hosts. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and also giving us a big hello. Um, that's my that's my audition for for being a, an Irish television host. Just giving a big hello there to everyone at home here on Winning Streak. It's Mr. Paul Griffin. <laughs> I'll try and give you my best Winning Streak contestant. Uh... Hello there, Marky. How are you? Uh, how are you doing, Agnes? And uh, and what are you going to do uh, with the money if you win big tonight? Oh well, no, I'd, I'd have to say. Um... Uh, now, uh, now the, the the grandchild bought me the ticket, Marty. So I think, <laughs> oh, I'd have to, have to give them a card at least. Right? I'd have to give them a penny sweet or two, I'd imagine. And um, <laughs> or then I, uh, uh, you know, probably off to Alicante. I'd say, all oh, right, Alicante. Well, let's get you to Alicante. Let's get let's get Moira and the whole clan from Karen Confec up in Roscommon. Let's get them to let's get them to <laughs> to wherever they want to go anyway well, this this is the thing i just want to talk quickly about winning streaks and okay go on I, I think winning streak is a um is a uh, it's obviously an irish game show but it's it's one for which i feel like there's there's a, a gap in the market in the uk and the us for a, ga- a game show that first of all you win or win you you gain entry by virtue of <laughs> Kind of winning on a scratch card and going into a draw. Yes. That's the first thing. And then secondly, the gamut of contestants you see, it's it's 18-year-olds who got it on their birthday card. Yeah. All the way up to your your 80 and 90-year-olds. Yeah, people who, like, are, are, even if they had an interest, would be physically unable to do anything with the money because they're so And you do old. see sometimes, you do see sometimes, here's, here's a... Brenda, now Brenda, you're playing on behalf of your mother today, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. She's she's in the home, um, you know. Um, and I'd be uh, fucked if she's getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so uh, what I'm playing for today, Marty, is a couple more months rent of the home for her <laughs> to stay in. Um, but uh, the thing as well is the game itself is based entirely on on chance. There's no actual game to it. It's, and that's yeah, it's it's all chance. But also, uh, you're saying there there might be a gap in the British market. I don't know if, if the UK or, or the US have games with this. There's basically no like losing in it, really. I mean, it's yes. a, so it's it's like a subsidiary. It's like run by the National Lottery. Yeah. It's so adjacent getting to getting on winning streak is effectively like getting a telly appearance along with a nice chunk of change is basically goes so you go on there's various games it's like it's just a bunch of random pull a number out of a hat bullshit and the person who has won the most money by the end of the first three rounds whatever it is then they go and they spig the big wheel which is then the jackpot but all the people who lost they get to keep the 30 grand or whatever it is they won along the way yeah um, so there's basically so losing is just kind of oh sorry all you got is a car and 10 grand Do you know that's losing on winning streak um, so yeah and like I said it's part of the lottery so it is literally just it's a vehicle just to give money to people um, uh, but yeah um, I feel, and, and like 
it's funny because like you watch the daytime um, uh, quiz shows on like ITV and stuff. You're tipping points and stuff like that. It's like first of all, not only is victory guaranteed, but sometimes they win like six hundred quid and shit. Like that it's like it wasn't worth. I spent that on train tickets, pal. Getting up here to do this fucking show. That is the thing. You always. I, I don't know whether it was just the time of my life or the age I was, but my point of comparison for quiz games now is always who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, where your average person was winning, say, 4,000, 8,000, 16,000. Yeah. Some, some a little more, some a little less. But that's always what I have in my mind is like an average winning is a couple of grand. And then, yeah, you see, um, you know, catchphrase. Uh, you, uh, Phil, you've won today 125 quid. <laughs> Yeah, when when Roy Walker was saying I'd give it to myself if I could, that's because he was saying I could. By the way, I could because it's seventy quid, pal. It's seventy quid. So you're going back to Athlone with nothing. But rest what assured, you, I still I have that chump change in my pocket. Yeah. What you have just won for this game, I make every five minutes we're recording. <laughs> every time I say, every time I say it's close, but it's not right. I'm making more than you earn this year. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, hello. Anyway, hello. That's your uh, that's your your uh, television quiz show guff for the week. I actually don't have too much life guff to chit chat about this week. It's been a very very straightforward week here on, on my end. Um, uh, working away. No big house news or anything at all like that. So so fairly fairly standard stuff. Been um, been uh, catching up on podcasts and, and, and things of that nature. You, you've been you've been twitching a lot. I've, I've been seeing a lot of uh, Simpsons. Yes. Simpsons yes. countdown. Uh, yeah, I, I I spent a, a good uh, con- some very controversial as I knew it would be. I spent I spent a collective. I think the final tally between all the three streams was I think I spent a collective like nine and a half hours or something. The 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 first two rounds were over three and a half each, and then for the grand finale where I took the winners and I pitted them against each other, I had I said it stops. I said like, I have to put a two hour cap on this. We can either agree or we'll just have to leave it until like fucking july or something whenever free time again but yeah basically been a little bit of twitching uh did some extra twitching this week with some games uh uh uh, uh, i'll talk about that later but yeah that's that is typically the sign of i've had a quiet week is when i'm sitting home on a saturday afternoon and i just fire the the twitch up just because i'm sitting on my arse not doing anything else um uh yeah <laughs> why not get some people to join you why not yeah i mean listen i'm sitting in my arse you're arse. sitting in your arse let's let's chat about it um yeah um yeah so they no the simpson stuff was a lot of fun um came to a bit of a deadlock towards the end um uh i did I, we i mean we obviously did uh uh paul did a um a, a a king of the ring for lack of a better term with what was the what was the website that did like the list you pulled from was it like i can't remember what it was i don't remember because it was someone it was a big enough site and i remember it had some very sizable omissions from it um uh but i i was thinking of that constantly and i was like i should go back and listen and like compare and contrast the results um but yeah uh the 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 i think the finalists that i had for the, the 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 ultimate episode were were fairly uncontroversial, but you can when you can only have winner, you're bound to have controversy. I had Cape Fear, Lemon of Troy, you only move twice. Maggie makes three, radioactive man, and Homer's enemy. I think were my my finalists. Yeah, all solid picks. All solid, and, and and funnily enough, it was like there was a, there was a vehement radioactive man versus Lemon of Troy debate happening. And I, I said, we're going to have to be diplomatic here and we're going to go with the one that most people agree is great. 
and that's and that's how Cape Fear sort of won. Yeah, um, I would say that. <laughs> I would say Lemon of Troy would be the fans' choice, but that having not seen the video, so I'm not taking sides here. But that mm. Radioactive Man would be the uh, the true Simpsons uh, connoisseur. You know, mm. most people would say Lemon of Troy, but uh, you know, something you really go for the deep into the wine cellar, you get the good shit. You get the Radioactive Man. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's all up on on the old YouTube. Besides, besides the Twitch and not too much else this week. Catching up on podcasts, mm. um, reading a lot of comics this week. You know, I uh, I read Co- the Court of Owls for the first time, the very popular Batman book, which is very very good, um, really excellent. One of my favorites I've read in a while. Um, speaking about, I I got caught up with the Batman podcast I mentioned a few weeks ago. Good, enjoying it. Um, I said it ended on a cliffhanger the last time I talked about it on here, and I wasn't sure where it was going to go. It was good. It didn't it didn't go in any kind of silly directions I was worried it would go in. One thing that is slightly silly about it is that after like four episodes of not having it, there's like an episode, like episode five, uh, Winston Duke gets to do his Batman voice, which just is kind of sillier when it's an audio-only medium. It kind of works when you're watching a movie and it's kind of like Christian Bale's in the different outfit and the way the scene looks is different. But when it's like just an audio recording and you know he's just in a studio, oh, this is my bad, bad voice. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's a, li- it's a little bit silly, but uh, beyond that, it's it's quite good. Batman Unburied, that is quite fun. Um, uh, if you like the detective-y bits of Batman, this is this is re- there's like two episodes in the middle. It's, it's still it's ongoing. I actually don't know how long it's going to be. They've got six episodes out now. Uh, there's two episodes in the middle that are, have uh, that are focused on Barbara Gordon and they, and if you are into just your kind of uh, gothic, creepy police detective, we're kind of like in the most recent movie. I think you'll get it. You'll get a kick out of this. Um, but yeah, very quiet week. What about yourself, boys? What have you been up to in the week? Ooh, been to a couple of gigs. Uh... Gig, gig heavy year this as I've mentioned before mm. uh, with Michelle getting a lot of tickets to, to ones we missed the last couple of years so uh, Wednesday night we went out to see a performer called uh, Julianne Baker mm-hmm. um, that I thought was called Julian Baker so I was surprised when it was a woman on stage not a man <laughs> um, <laughs> it probably goes to show you how much I knew about this particular artist um, I like the support back though the support back was called something like I think it was the the Rat Boys or something like that, and they had a song called "Elvis Is in the Freezer," which was about <laughs> the um, the lead singer's dead cat that her mum, while she was away at college, put in a freezer so that when she got home from college, they could give it a proper burial. So I thought that was a very interesting kind of concept mm. for a song. You don't hear that very often uh, in the in the chart pop charts. So I was pleased with that. Yeah, it was actually at a venue, a venue called the uh, Electric Ballroom in Camden, which is more probably yeah. more famously known for progress wrestling events, you know, in, in our circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, no wrestling there. Although the audience, to be honest, it was a lot of white men with beards, so it could have been a progress <laughs> crowd. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, how many people were there? More than one hundred and fifty? Oh God, yeah, it was it was way too big for a <laughs> yeah. progress crowd. Okay, uh, and the personal hygiene was uh, far too <laughs> robust. Um, but yeah, my first time going there. So I, I, yeah, it was not, it was a very small, it was quite a small venue. It's only holds like a few, few hundred people. Great. Um, so I, I probably wouldn't go there. I wouldn't mind going there for wrestling because then you can sit down. But I, another thing I've discovered, and I'll mention this with the next gig as well. Uh, I, I don't like standing up at music. Yeah. Gigs. I've given up. Like, on that. especially, as, 
Perfectly reasonable. We're men of a certain age. I tell you, yeah, men of a certain age, but I tell you, men of a certain height as well is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're honestly probably six foot three, I don't know how you see the stage at a concert because it only takes like two or three tall people in front of you. And yeah, I'm just, I'm going, I can't see a fucking thing. Yeah. I might as well be, I might as well be at home. Uh, and of course, the problem is we don't want to go to the front and be in all the, you know, the crowd with everyone squashed in. So we stood right at the back, <laughs> literally behind everyone else. Cannot see a thing. I'm sort of on tippy toes, just about to see the singer. Um, yeah, but it was it was a good concert. We left kind of in good time, so we weren't we weren't out too late. And then Thursday, we went to see uh, Charlie XCX Ooh. at the Alexandra Palace in North London, which is a much bigger venue. Several several thousand people there. Um, yeah, a very kind of interesting audience. A lot of um, her main kind of demographic is gay men. And thirty-something straight women dressed like they're still twenty-two. That's, <laughs> that's how I would sum up the audience uh, from what I could see. I don't know what category Michelle and I fall into. You can draw your own conclusions on. on I'm going to think about that. Um, but yeah, it was very good. Again, I don't. I don't like that experience of being in the gig, and it was quite. A, it was very packed. Everyone's trying to get towards the front because it's such a big venue, and you can't really see anything from the back. So you got people in front of you, you got people next to you, you got people constantly like trying to get through with beers and trying to find a better vantage point. Oh. So you're just constantly being bumped and people elbowing you, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking unbearable. And of course, it takes like an hour, you know, they're the support act, and then take half an hour to get everything set up to get the main act on. So you're kind of just standing there waiting. I have to say, once she did come on and started doing the songs, you know, we're Michelle and I are both big fans of hers, uh, so it was great to see her live. I did really enjoy the performance. She puts on a really good show. She had dancers. She was doing all the choreography, lots of kind of you know the lights and yeah, special effects and everything. So it was it was very very good. Um, but I'm I will never buy tickets again to an event where I can't sit down. This is why yeah. wrestling and football, you get a seat. Perfect. Yeah. No, no, standing up. No, 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 that shit. Because um, it gets to a point where you might as well just be at home listening to it on Spotify for all the, <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. you know, what I mean, for all the all that you can see going on. But yeah, both both kind of good experiences uh, in spite of my middle aged complaints. Uh, so yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you on the seats. Um, I, I, you know, finances depending, I would love to go uh, to WXW next year. And mm. as a COVID measure, they they went all seating this year. And I'm like, oh, just keep it, let's just keep it, yeah. just keep it. I, I can't, you know, it was a novelty the first two years when I couldn't feel my feet when I came home, but that yeah. novelty's over. And as for even seeing the day, like you said, I, I you know, I, I'm like slightly taller than average, but I always just somehow get to, I just constantly have fucking Steve Merchant standing in front of me at every <laughs> gig. I don't know how it happens. Like we went to, we went to the, um, uh, uh, the scratch a few weeks ago and we got in really early and we were kind of mid-tier distance from the stage got a table and it was busy it was a, it was a very busy venue it was almost sold out that's completely fine but just like the one prick who's taller than me in the place stood right in front of me and it's like what are you gonna do you know oh, um yeah. yeah so um yeah they, they need to start having a a six plus feet tall section at the back yeah, yeah. why not they can see. They can see it from there. It's fine. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I've already migrated to um, seating only. The last two concerts we went to pre-pandemic, uh, both at the three arena in Dublin, we had seats. 
Yeah, and if there's a big, you know, ballad, you can all stand up, you know, if you want, and have a little wave and get the lighters out. You yeah. know, if you do want to stand up, that could happen. But you can also sit down. Option. Well, I guess there are some people who go to a live show for the the energy and the yeah, feeling of the being a crowd. The, the mosh. They want to mosh. The gnarly. Um, That's what your 20s are for. Yeah. Now, I wanna, I, now I want to sit, um, you know, as far away as possible. And just watch a show like I'm watching a like, opera or something with me little glasses <laughs> out. Uh, oh, oh, that 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 Charlie XCX down there, she's really shaking that thing. God bless her. Anyway, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, what about you, Paul? Anything for this week? Um, n- no. I finished reading my Inside the Ropes magazine. Uh, oh very yes, impressed. very very. Mu- my God, I. I I, in my head, I used to buy Power Slam, and I'd have it read in an hour. Mm. Now it takes me a week to read a magazine. Um, I don't know again if that's because there's more content in it or what, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, very nice to um, get back into the uh, the reading of magazines. Uh, the next one should be coming in the next week or so. Next issue, because of course I have my annual subscription now. It's going to post it out to me. I won't have to go to the shop to get it. Looking forward to that. Uh, otherwise, no, just very, very busy at work as, as usual. Um, the sex vacation is definitely taking a hit because I just don't have time to go to the gym anymore. I, I temporarily changed to um, going to the gym before work. Mm-hmm. But then that very, very quickly turned into, well, I actually have to start working a little bit earlier. I need to start work at 8 a.m. And then most evenings I'm finishing at like 5.36 p.m. Mm. There's no time for going to the gym anymore. So hopefully once this project I'm working on calms down, I can start doing that again. But uh, I had a very exciting day now today. Today was the last day of the Premier League saison. Mm. The saison derriere. Um, <laughs> Is that bad, was it? <laughs> we had uh, four screens on the go. Because obviously on the last day of the Premier League, you see I was still wearing my uh, jersey. Uh, on the... Last day of the Premier League, all 10 games happen simultaneously. So you get the excitement of, oh, this team's gotten the lead. They've jumped to the top of the table. Oh, mm. what's happening over here? So we had on the, I, I posted it on um, the Soch. We had the um, the Aston Villa Manchester City game on the main TV. Turned out to be a good decision in the end. We had um, the Liverpool game on a laptop running on Sky Go. Because if you have if you have Sky TV, you have the the app on which you can simultaneously stream to uh, devices. Had another game on my tablet, also using Sky Go, and then I had the Man United game on the old uh, Reddit streams. Mm. That one unfortunately was not on TV. And you'd be surprised to hear that that was the game that got the least attention anyway, because it was a big old heap of shite. Oh, shit! Crystal Dead. Palace beat them one nil. Palace shite. But luckily, Man United were. Uh, were saved by Brighton, who were able to beat West Ham 3-1 and guarantee Man United Europa League's uh, status for next season. Which I thought was... Um, I think everything about today very much summarized my feelings as a Man United fan. Uh, so I have a few bullet points on this. The first one is that, oh, Liverpool won't win the quadruple, right? Which which on one hand, you know, your, your selfish Man United brain will say, well, that's a good thing, obviously. But that actually only serves to remind me how far we are from winning the treble. Yeah, I was about to say, that and sounds how, like a real fucking pittance. <laughs> <That's> yeah. 
it's like, well, we're still the only team who's ever won the treble. And it's like, yeah, but that was 25 years ago coming up on. And we are 20, we look to be 25 years away from winning it ever again. The fact that Liverpool <laughs> came so close <laughs> is more of an indictment of us again. And our, and our um, stuck in our ways, uh, oh, weren't the Fergie days good mindset that still hampers the team to this day. And also, oh, we made Europa League. Yeah, but we didn't earn it. We, we we got it by virtue of the other teams behind us just didn't have enough steam in the tank to actually catch us. I actually would have preferred if we didn't make Europa League and have a bit of fun in the Conference League next season or at least take the, the route that Arsenal had this season of not having to focus on Europe to allow them to mm. focus a bit more on the Premier League. I think United will probably need that next season. I don't know how seriously they're going to go after the, uh, the Europa League. But um, yeah, certainly the City and Liverpool... Games are very exciting. Similarly, with the bottom of the table, the Leeds and uh, Burnley situations flip-flopped a little bit. There was a good moment where uh, Burnley gave away a penalty. So the situation going in was that Burnley were above Leeds on goal difference. So as long as Burnley matched Leeds' results, they would be safe. They ended up being relegated because Leeds won. They didn't. But there was a moment where simultaneously, within a minute of each other, maybe within 30 seconds of each other, um... Burnley gave away a penalty to Newcastle. And while, because we also had on another tablet the uh, Gillette soccer special with the updates from the other games, we heard, oh, there's a penalty for Newcastle. Burnley have given away a penalty. And Leeds have scored. <laughs> so you had a complete, like, oh. six-point swing in one direction. The Leeds goal actually got varred off. But it was a very exciting moment where you go, oh, my God. Both of these games that are directly relating on the other one have had both instances of goals potentially happening. And then, of course, in the Man City game, Man City looked like they were they were bungling it. Buried, buried. Um, and of course, Stevie G had had a, a little slip, and uh, <laughs> City came from behind to win to win the league in not quite an uh, Aguero, but it was it was I would say still a very exciting final day. Um, it looked for a while like like Liverpool were a goal away from winning the league. Mm. Uh, but by the time they got the goal, City had already started turning it around. So, very exciting stuff. I don't know, Joe, if you had the opportunity to watch any of those games. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I just watched the Man City uh, Villa game because I assumed Liverpool would beat Wolves. So I was, yeah, I they just, went behind after two minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I just uh, I just watched the City Villa game, which was very very exciting. The City were yes. pants really from for, for probably eighty five minutes of it. They were not very good. Yeah. Or were thwarted, certainly by Villa, who scored, who were quite lucky, to be fair. They didn't actually play that well. They just got two very good chances, taken very well. Well, it's it's funny when you think back to that Watkins chance mm. as well at oh, Wall yeah. Hill, was it, where he just hit a marginally wide. I think he would have been onside. Yeah. Funny how these little things, you can think back and go, oh, what would have, what would have happened if? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, City scored their three goals within like five minutes yeah. of each other, and then it was done. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is about some teams... Even teams that have been to the top of the mountain on more than one occasion, they get in their head on this last day, all we have to do is win. Mm-hmm. And suddenly before they know it, they're 2-0 behind. Because <laughs> I, I, I figure on, on any given day, City would have just wiped Aston Villa away. I think it was just that the pressure on them was such that they let Villa in, they fell asleep in the back one or two times. But anyway, very exciting day of uh, le football. And now we have... Um, this year, unfortunately, one of my favorite um, days of the football calendar is where you have the uh, 
championship playoff final and the Champions League mm. final, which are usually on the same day. They're not on the same day this year. Mm. You have the Champions League final on Saturday and the playoff is on Sunday afternoon. But that will that's all that remains of the um the football calendar. I'm looking forward to the playoff final in particular. I'm really hoping that Nottingham Forest will be able to come back. I have no interest in Huddersfield being in the Premier League. They were were rubbish. Get a a real team back. Yeah, Nottingham Forest, who obviously haven't been in the Premier League since uh, my sticker collecting days. Would be nice (laughs) to have them back. Bring back the the Scott Gemmels and Jason Lees and Pierre Van Hoydonks of the world. Let's do it. Uh, Steve Stone. I don't know who else paid for them. (laughs) I'm a a favourite. Collymore. Stan Collymore, yeah. Um, Ian Wone. Did you say Ian Wone? Ian Wone. I didn't say Ian Wone. I said Scott Gamble. I think those two are pretty similar. They're very similar, yeah. Yeah. Stuart Pierce, of course, yeah. Captain Pierce, yeah. Anyway, that's all I've been up to this week, right? The whole week was building up to watching the football, and then it it did not disappoint, except in the one game where, as a fan, it should (laughs) have. But I, I, I had kind of come to terms with not caring about the United result. It was kind of a sixth or seventh to me. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's the life guff for the week. Uh, what's the music guff for this week? Huh? That's the real question. Um, well, I listened to what I think is probably going to be one of the more successful albums of the year. Uh, Harry Styles' new album. House of Harry. Harry's House. Sorry. Um can't proclaim to be the biggest One Direction fan in the world or the biggest Harry Styles fan. I, I don't mind Harry Styles. I think he's uh, he's been in a couple of films that I've quite liked. I know he's in um, Dunkirk, right? I thought mm. he's pretty good in that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Eternals. I, I would, well, I, I still haven't seen Eternals to this day. Okay. And I, I, I don't believe I'll probably ever I don't give think Eternals a spin. Yeah. No, yeah, Not no. even that I should or shouldn't, but it's kind of like now that, you know, when a Marvel film comes out, you see in the cinema, that's one thing. But when you haven't seen it in cinema and it's on streaming, and yeah. it comes down to when I when I find time to watch a movie, I'm going to sit down and stick something on for two, two and a half hours. Three. Is, how, well, how close to the front of the list is Eternals realistically ever going to be? Yeah, fair. Totally fair. <laughs> you know? I think now, especially with um, your She-Hulks of the world, which I still haven't watched the trailer for, but I saw a gif of. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm I'm starting to run on fumes in terms of the completionist in me and watching all this Marvel stuff. I don't think I'm ever going to watch Eternals. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to um, Oscar Isaac with the thing. No, oh, Moon. <laughs> yeah, Moonlight. I feel like I've given up on that. I'm never going to finish that. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. There's better stuff for me in the world to watch than these things. You know, there's lots That's of really the, good telly at the moment. There's lots of really good telly, but even historically, there's lots of really good telly that I've not watched that I would watch above Moonlight. Um, I was watching an episode of uh, Catfish the series today that I would watch over Moonlight. Mm. Um, I will say as well on that episode, I correctly predicted that the uh, the the boyfriend of this woman would turn out to be a woman that she knew who who had a history with her. That didn't <laughs> turn out to be correct. Was was. Some of the best TV I've ever seen. Come uh, so, <laughs> on, man. So let me let me just I'll 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 keep that I'll keep that in the pocket for TV go when we get. Okay, back to Harry Styles. Back to Harry Styles. So Harry Styles, I don't have 
any personal vendetta with the man, if you're listening, Styles. So I tried to go into um, Ari's house with as open a mind as possible. And he's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) 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 So dumb. Um, And, you know, um, I I found it to be a a pretty run-of-the-mill pop album. I think a little bit more muddled than I expected it to be. There's some songs that sound very um, like he's trying to be Prince very hard. There's some songs that are a little bit more um, like Paul Simon might have written it, albeit not like a good Paul Simon song. Uh, And then you have your typical modern pop uh, mumbo jumbo with uh, your boyfriend doesn't treat you right. Boyfriends are supposed to be really nice. (laughs) Um, uh, the one standout track I think is the one that's that's a single already. It's, is it called "As You Were"? I think it's like head and shoulders above everything else as being a track that stands out as being well. This this sounds like it could be a, a very big hit. But the album is pretty, and then there's you know as I said there's 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 bits of Prince in there, there's bits of Paul Simon there, and of course there's a lot of uh, Ed Sheeran esque uh, acoustic guitar ballads, which I'm not mad into. No. Um, so I don't know. I think this is just too far out of my wheelhouse to be able to give it a proper judgment. Um, it's very saccharine. The lyrics are very on the nose. Um, I don't, I just don't think it would be for me. It's not, it's not my kind of thing. Okay. Um, so yeah, I don't think, I don't think it'll be getting too many spins on, on the old Spotify.com. Um, at the same time, I would struggle to say that there was anything that st- stood out as really bad on it. I just think it was very middle of the road. Um, okay. Not particularly like, you know, inventive or out there, which I, you know, I didn't expect it to be as a, as a teeny bopper, uh, you know, heartthrob as he is, but I don't know. You, you, you would figure coming off the off the back of one direction split which feels like it was a decade ago now. yeah when was that that was that not a decade ago <laughs> 2015 2016 i don't know but you, i i would have thought there would be a bit more you know trying <laughs> and i i hesitate to use the term but try, trying to be like a real songwriter i don't know it, it, it comes off as very uh an album designed by committee and it's just right. very it's it's like um it's like uh, the kind of album that um, Disney might produce as a mm. as a as the new Star Trek kind of thing or Star Wars. Sorry, it's like if you had uh, you had Lord Miller doing it. Oh no, that's too uh, creative. That's too creative. Get Ron Howard in to to do it. It's like the album equivalent of that where it feels very safe and very like I said by the numbers. So I wouldn't recommend Harry Styles' Harry's House, but I I, I can imagine it's probably going to do very well and probably the reviews will be pretty positive on it. But not for me. Alrighty. Uh, that's the soul music guff for this week. Uh, we will soldier on there to tele guff. Um, uh, more of the usuals here for myself. I will say I finished Pam and Tommy last night. Uh, very good. Very good show. Definitely will probably end up being one of the better ones of the year. One thing I will say, I, I commended them early on for definitely walking the line where they talk about the internet in the 90s without being cringe 
but where th- if things go off the rail a teeny bit in the last two episodes where there's these uh, mobsters who were involved in the financing of the distribution of the tape who go, hey, boss, here, I got you a Starbucks. Starbucks, what the fuck is that? Oh, it's this coffee from Seattle. They're popping up all over the place. I'm like, all right, I get it. 1996, I get it. I get it. You don't have to have a conversation about how Starbucks is brand new and you don't know what it is. And then by the same token... There's like a, a Tommy Lee or there's a, a, a Motley Crue performance outside outside t- Tower Records. And it just kind of – so the point is that they're playing some stuff off their new album and they've got all their aging fans. They're going, yeah, dude, fucking Motley Crue. And some – they get some extras to walk past in like Alice in Chains and Nirvana shirts going, <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever, uh, uh, whatever, dude. Who's that? And I'm just like, this is you, this is you, you, you belabored this a little bit. Also, one of the guys in the Ravana short shirt looked at looked about fifty. Um, so, so that was so. You know, they 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 it on a bit thick towards the end, but uh, a good show, a good show overall. Great performances. As I said, I, I wasn't convinced super early, but I thought I thought. Uh, Stan and James were both were both pretty fantastic the whole way through. So, thumbs up on that. Uh, I think I've got two episodes left in Severance, which obviously we've been talking about a lot on uh, uh, the show already. Episode seven, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, so I am probably going to finish that by the time we do next week's show. Uh, Barry, good as always. And then this week we did have the conclusion of Dairy Girls, which I thought was uh, about as about as strong as you could you could really hope for. I thought season three overall was maybe not their best. But I thought it was the uh, uh, the right balance of, of humor and uh, commentary and schmaltz as as you kind of get out of that show. Mm. Um, I thought the last three episodes were very very strong, um, uh, and the finale, the feature length, well not feature length, but the double length finale was was good. It was kind of exactly what you'd want. So um, great show. Glad it's getting out now while the getting is good. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a sorry, it was a good season overall. It was yeah, quite, for sure. Uh, yeah. It's one of those where it comes back after a bit of a gap, and it's not. You know, you haven't got the same momentum as when you're doing the first couple sure. of seasons, and everyone there has become more popular. And of course, uh, one of the characters was not really in the finale that much, presumably because she was filming Bridgerton. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Nicola Coffin definitely not available for ninety no. percent of this filming. Just, let me not. just record this in my bedroom uh, yeah. on my phone, um, which is a shame. But uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Weirdly, it was an episode that didn't seem to focus on the girl, the four girls, the three girls, four girls, and the boy as much. It was more about the, the Good Friday Agreement and the kind of. It was more about Derry, really, than the girls, that fun episode, right. which which actually worked really well. You know, if you told me the episode wasn't going to focus on the main characters, that would have been a strange decision, but actually it worked kind of perfectly, I think. And it gave kind of everyone their sort of moment in the sun as well, which was nice. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Brought back a lot of memories of the 90s. Oh, the 90s. Oh, the 90s. Oh, the music. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thumbs up on that show. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's it for me this week. What about you boys? Anything else? Um, just for me, uh, RuPaul is back with his horde of uh, bedazzled drag queens. Mm. Uh, this is All Star season seven, all winners season. So this is a season made up of only people who have won a previous season. So they got back all the uh, all the big guns. Um, again, think of it like uh, 
WrestleMania, but the entire card is only made up of people who have won WrestleMania main events. So wow. it's Steve Austin against Roman Reigns, basically. <laughs> and that's it. Um, but there's a catch this time, because usually what happens on, on not only Drag Race, but shows of that ilk, you have the, the worst person eliminated every week, right? Which has, you know, pros and cons. Con being if there's someone on the sh- show you really like, and then they get, they get eliminated early, then you don't have them anymore. Um, so there's no eliminations on this season. All the all the people are going to be on the entire season long, but they're doing it instead like a Premier League, uh, where it's a league table that you need to be at the top at. Okay. Um, so what happens is every week the top two people get like a little badge, which is like one point. Okay. And they also get the opportunity to block someone the next week from being eligible for a badge, which they put out the first two episodes week one, and it's already happened that someone has been blocked uh, from getting a badge on week two. One of the winners had been blocked from week one, so they weren't able to get a badge. And then by the end of the season, the top four people will compete in a lip sync dance off extravaganza for the crown. So we'll have to wait and see. But so far, it's been very good. Um, as you might expect from a season of winners, the uh, the um, the level of competition has been very high. Both weeks, there were, less. there were very little stinkers on it. Usually every season of the normal show, you get people, you know, it comes to the first, uh, you know, costume design competition. And you have people still 14 years in who go, I don't know how to sew. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing on the show? You know that this is a thing that happens every year. But here, so far, all the people were really good. Uh, they did their little uh, imp- impression challenge they do. Um, and there was a, a, an absolutely perfect Julie, Judy Garland, which obviously was one of the winners. Um, yeah, so far, very enjoyable. Very much enjoying it. I don't know how long the season's going to be. Usually All-Stars is pretty short, like seven or eight episodes. Mm. But so so far, so good. Very much enjoying it. That and I watched, I watched also... Catfish, the season. Oh yes, yes. The TV show, whatever it's called. So let me ta- let me tell you about this episode because this was this was uh, storytelling right here. <laughs> so the episode, I don't know where in the series this happens, but you know, Catfish to me was I, I saw obviously the movie that came out. What was it, twenty ten maybe? Mm. Uh, yes, yeah. Really interesting, you know. Really um, unique, like unlike anything I'd seen before. But now they've really got the uh the stone and squeeze as much blood out of it as they can and it seems now very forced and very uh set up in advance so i thought you know that's going to lessen my enjoyment of this but actually no because what happened was they they got in contact with this lady jasmine who's been talking online to mark okay mark is a works for a model agency Oh. And he's a very handsome man. Oh. And Jasmine, I wouldn't say Jasmine is is, is um, entirely unattractive, but <laughs> she definitely has a look about her of someone who could be easily fooled into. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but she's not, she, she's not like, um, you know, you might expect in that show, uh, uh, you know, an Alabama hick with four teeth and a, you know, it's not. It's not that she. She. She looks. She's fairly respectable, but somehow has got herself stuck in this situation. But anyway, they start digging. They start digging on on Mark, and who is this person? They first thing they do, and you would have figured 
Jasmine would have done this already. But first thing they do is they they Google image search his uh, his Facebook profile picture. Wait, th- there's another profile with the same picture. Oh no! What the hell, what is this? Um, and they find that one of the friends of Mark is a man that she knows already. Anyway, they arrange with uh, Mark, and of course, the funny thing is, she's been talking to this guy Mark for two years. She's never actually she's spoken to him twice on the phone in two years. Oh, it's all it's all text. It's all Facebook. <sighs> they arrange to meet. They arrange to meet Mark. Right? They go to the the house. They, they're driving in. They go. This doesn't look like somewhere a, a successful <laughs> model agent would work. Would live again. Stating the obvious. And before the ad break, you see the little. You don't quite see the reveal, but you see the reaction. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, 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 what's happening? Right, so cut to the chase. They're waiting for Mark to come down. She gets a text. I'll be down in a minute. Door swings open. It's a woman <gasps> with a like rose or whatever. She walks up to her, throws the rose at her, and then they're like, you know, who are you? What's happening? So what? What it turns out was is that this lady, um, what was her name? Missy, I think. <laughs> she. she has a boyfriend who Jasmine was interested in and was 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 messing with their relationship. So this lady, uh, in in taking revenge, talked to this lady for two years, pretended to be this guy Mark who she never met. Two years, two years, right? So I don't know if you've ever seen um, Russell Brand's Ponderland, but there was one clip from it where it's like this gang of thugs, and there's one guy in the background who goes, "You better wash out." This lady had <laughs> this lady had very much that vibe to her. So they go like, "So why did you uh, why did you do this for two years? Oh, you know, revenge." <laughs> and, He's uh, and then and then it cuts like obviously this Jasmine is like upset and crying or whatever. Cuts cuts to your one. She didn't even pick up my flower. She's like so evil, and she's giving these little one liners, trying these little one liners out. Hey, she didn't even pick up the flower. I brought her. And then they go um, the following day, an interviewer, and they're asking her, you know, like, why would you do this for two years to somebody? And, and, and the irony is that this lady, Missy, said, uh, why would you do that for two years? Why would you talk to somebody? You only ever really spoke to them twice. And it's like, well, why would you do that for two years to get revenge? I was just stringing along for two years of talking to somebody. And so they interview her one-on-one, and they say... Um, you know, uh, why you did this and, and how you think you're going to be viewed. And she says, well, I'm not a bad person. And like, you are. You are the wor- You should be in jail. <laughs> you're like a psychopath. You're the worst person who exists. But at the same time, it was very, very entertaining. Um, and, and definitely revenge is going to be just stuck in my head now for the next... Two years, ironically. I, I, I can't like I've I've seen my share of episodes of that show, but I can't remember anyone like how do you not lose interest after like six months? I that's of never meeting somebody and never even talking to them. No, I mean like the cat Fisher, the one doing oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like how did you not go, you know what, actually I think I forgive her. This isn't worth this. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. Oh my very, god. Very odd. I, but very very enjoyable, regardless of my own thoughts about how legitimate the whole thing is. Oh, never, well, yeah. yeah. I've Very. never seen the American one, but I, there was a Catfish UK that I think I watched like one episode of. 
They, yeah. I think it was exactly the same thing you just described. So I was wondering if I'd seen that one because it was literally someone pretending. It was someone they knew, like a friend of theirs they'd had an argument with. It's always someone they knew. It's like, yeah, pretending to be a model. And it's it's like, okay, are they just recycling the storylines from the US one? Or it- well, the irony is that the, the US film already had a, I don't know if you've seen the film. Joe. Yeah, yeah. You have. We've yeah. all seen the film. The resolution or the reveal of the film was so crazy that no episode can ever like match it. Mm. Where was it originally some older, again, I don't want to say hillbilly lady, but who had like two Down syndrome kids? Yes, and it was like had, a really weird, sad situation. It was, it was again, I mean, I mean, like people called the legitimacy of the film into question as well. Of course, that entire yeah. that entire brand has basically always been followed around by the suggestion that maybe it's a little too perfect. Mm-hmm. But the, the film the film was a lot more um tasteful is the wrong word. Dour maybe is what I'm kind of saying because it was like yeah, she had two uh, ill children and it was kind of like the twist was not only that it was not who she expected, but that it was also like a little bit of a kind of a tragic kind of, you know, not that it's justified, but kind of understandable. And then in the show, it's always kind of like the show always felt like it was about two seconds away from a Jerry Springer fight, you know, yeah. when they when the reveal came, you know. And and in fact, Jasmine did at one point say, "Oh, just let me beat her ass. Let me beat her ass." <laughs> Why did you just beat her ass two years ago? What's up with this this game you're playing? You know. Oh, sorry, master. Anyway, that was the uh, the telly that I watched while I was waiting for the football to come up. Uh, alrighty, uh, that's Telly Goff for the week. Now, lads, I have not um, uh, watched any uh, films this week, so please tell me about the Little Chipmunk movie that you both watched. Oh, well, when there's danger. Which, by the way, before we get into the movie, one of the one of the great theme songs, all time, all time greats, all timer of a theme song. They don't do it like that anymore. It's, it so was, jo- uh, I, mean, I was a big fan of Chippendale back in the day. They were that was one of my favorite, favorite, favorite all time favorite shows. Uh, yeah. I really loved Chippendale, uh, and to this day, I think Gadget is like the sexiest mouse of all time, baby. Ooh, that's one sexy mouse, Gadget. Um, so I kind of I was looking forward to this, and I'm a big fan of Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well. And this has yes. very much has vibes of Who Framed Roger Rabbit because essentially. It portrays Chip and Dale from the series Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers as actors, cartoon actors who played the roles of Chip and Dale in that show yes. back in the 90s. And they're now kind of out of work actors living on sort of nostalgia for that from that time. And they are kind of thrown back together and there's all the kind of wonderful, weird cast of, uh, of cartoon characters around them. And it was very, very good, I thought. All thoughts. I also thought it was very, very good. Go. Um, I thought it was, um, I, I think, totally similar to something like the Lego movie. Yes. Okay. I, think, I think if you like the Lego movie, you'll probably enjoy this. It's, yeah. it's, uh, first thing I was, I was surprised by how irreverent um, the Lonely Island boys, because mm-hmm. it's directed by, is it um, Kiva Schaefer? Yeah. Is that his yeah. Name? From, from Lonely Island. Of course, stars Andy Samberg and actually stars the third one in like a cameo as well. Mm. So, for a, a company like Disney that's so IP driven and but also conservative in a way with its IP. Again, I use the example of Solo from earlier. Um, to just and, and okay, 
the Chip and Dale IP is not necessarily on par with Star Wars, but I was still surprised by how much they just let them do their thing with it. Um, I would be hesitant to spoil some of the um, surprises. It is very meta, but in a in a positive way, where it yes. never feels like it's doing it for the sake <laughs> of doing it. Everything is done with a uh, a smile and a, a, a knowledge about the things that they're referencing and the things that they are uh, joking about. So it never feels lazy or it never feels like a family guy joke or, or oh, the, the joke is the reference. It always feels like there's a, a layer on top of that, um, which is particularly true with one character who shows up throughout the movie that, I, again, I won't spoil. I never watched the trailer for it, so I don't know how much is out there already and how much it isn't. But for me, I got a real kick out of some stuff, not knowing it in advance. Yeah, I didn't know some this stuff. movie was happening until it came out. So yeah, so I mean, I would I would advise to just go in blind as much as you can because there's a, there are a lot of very funny reveals in it and very funny characters. Um, in contrast, I would say that sometimes it straddles the line and doesn't doesn't quite hit the mark in insofar as. Obviously, the target market for this film are, are, is adults who watch the series. And it, it more often than not feels like it's never like um, vulgar or anything, but it feels like it's playing to an adult audience. Right. But then there are moments in it where the comedy veers too far into kids' movie territory, I felt. Right. And I while I feel like... 90% of the time it rode that balance very well. There were times where it went too far into I guess what I would call modern Marvel comedy for, for want of a better word, but like silly comedy that, that people of our age would kind of roll, roll their eyes at. Whereas 90% of the time I thought it was very funny and very clever. Mm. There were bits where it was a little little silly. Um, but yeah, I thought it was um, it was uh, far better than it had any right to be. And the guys who made it did a, a, a terrific job. And I, I actually preferred uh, John, uh, is it John Mulaney mm. to, to Sandberg. I thought John Mulaney was kind of the star of it. I, yeah. I really, really liked his performance. It was good. It was good. I think the, I mean, the plot is quite clever. It's quite, a, as you say, it's like irre- a noir almost. Yeah, yeah. Irreverent kind of plot. It doesn't really, kind of nail it in terms of i don't know the character you don't really buy in that much into the characters and the plot it's just a bit of a vehicle for the funny kind of references and cameos and stuff it's not like who framed roger rabbit where you've got like bob hoskins giving like an <laughs> academy award performance and christopher lloyd as like the scariest man in the history of cinema and you know it's not on that level it's it's, it's yeah more of a lego movie i would say yeah. but um I didn't yeah, quite get the world either because the world is like real people plus yeah. cartoon characters plus CGI characters. I didn't quite get how they never really explain how that world exists or how it functions. You just kind of have to accept that's what it is and go along with it. Because there's bits where they have like tiny houses for yeah. the like little cartoon characters, and then you've like the human beings outside, like Godzilla out the window. But they never they never go into how that world actually works or how it makes sense. Yeah. You just have to accept this case. And also, um I thought that um oh, what was I gonna say now? I forgot my point. Oh yes, that the uh the, the there's a mix, like I said, of of traditionally animated characters and CGI characters, but actually the traditionally animated characters are done with CGI. You can tell. They're not right. drawn. Um the the mm. thing that I would liken them to Barry, if you ever played it, is you know Nino Cooney when you're not in a cutscene. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's um it's done to look hand drawn, but you can tell that it was not hand drawn. It was done through a computer because there is still a, a, a 3D model feeling to it. They don't feel yes. like 2D characters. Yeah. Which I understand why they did it, because obviously to, ha- to actually hand draw it would take a huge amount more effort and probably money. But I, I would have preferred if it did, because it would have felt more like a throwback to the original Chip and Dale. Because like, um, Chip in the movie never looks like Chip actually looked right. <laughs> in the original series. He looks like an updated, clean. He's not quite CGI, but four, he's four K like, Chip. Four K Chip, exactly. <laughs> but um, no, overall, I thought it was very. Um, funny i thought it was very um irreverent but at the same time had reverence for the ip um and yeah i'd definitely be up for more more stuff along this line from disney yeah is so is that a i'm gonna i don't know i'm gonna ask i'm gonna look this up here while i do the show is is the series the original series on disney i believe so Taking yeah, a look here. 1989 i think i'm pretty sure it is i uh that that is one i mean i i i love to uh I, I use the Disney Plus for a lot of nostalgia. I watched that. I, 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 when they announced 97, I started rewatching X-Men and stuff like that. But Chip and Dale is a thing I have never, I have never. Uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think you necessarily would need to have a strong knowledge of Chip and Dale. No, but I just kind of, out of curiosity, I'm, I, I could see myself firing it up just, just, just to see, you know. There's a lot of episodes as well, I believe. Hmm. Would it go for three years, give or take? Uh, let me see here. Um... Yeah, quite a quite a lot. Uh, one season, but oh, Disney just puts them all in one season. They do that sometimes. 60, 65. Jeez. Anyway, uh, yeah. So thumbs up there across the board from the uh, from the panel. Mm-hmm. I think so. Mm-hmm. What else have you been watching this week, boys? I watched a movie called My Blue Heaven, um, which is a film with a very kind of interesting backstory that we've been wanting to watch for a while. Um, so, have you heard of a little film called Goodfellas? You probably have. It was quite. I have. It was quite well known. So that was um, based on a book written by Henry Hill, who is the, the main character in the movie, who was a real life gangster who joined the witness protection program. Wrote a book about it. Um, that book was then, or the book was co-written with Nicholas Pileggi, uh, a journalist who then wrote co-wrote the screenplay for Goodfellas. Now, Nicholas Pileggi was married to Nora Ephron, who, among other things, wrote When Harry Met Sally, wrote and directed Sleepless in Seattle, Hmm. uh, You've Got Mail. So this movie, My Blue Heaven, actually came out the same year as Goodfellas, and it's about a kind of wise guy who goes undercover in, or not kind of, goes into witness protection in small-town America. So while Nick Pileggi, the husband, was writing Goodfellas, his wife, Nora Ephron, was writing this very kind of similar Mm. movie that was almost an unofficial adaptation of the same sort of story about this wise guy going into undercover, uh, you know, witness protection. Except My Blue Heaven is a kind of straight comedy starring Steve Martin and Rick Moranis and Joan Cusack. Um, and it's a very kind of zany, wacky comedy. So, yeah, we watched it. Um, we were kind of intrigued by it because of that backstory and because we're big fans of, of Nora Ephron as well. Uh, and I believe Michelle, Michelle had listened to a podcast all about this film. Um, so we watched it, and Steve Martin plays the kind of wise guy character, um, which I think was probably the biggest flaw in the movie because he plays it in a very kind of cartoony way. He's like, Oh, I can't get no provolone because I'm in the yeah. suburbs. So like, 
He does. He has like, one. God bless him. He had one mode. I he know, had one mode, and I think he's normally very funny in that mode. Yeah, in a lot of the other movies, he's dumb. But this was kind of like a Saturday Night Live sketch stretched out right. to a film. And as we know, those sketches are not even remotely funny when they're three minutes long. So you know, when <laughs> when they're even longer, it's even worse. But um, I, I still enjoyed it overall. I thought Rick Moranis was very good as a kind of uptight FBI handler who sort of learns to loosen up from hanging out with this this wise guy. Um, I think it would have worked better if it had been more like a kind of analyze this, analyze that, where they had like a genuine, like Robert De Niro, genuine Italian kind of gangster guy playing it up against the kind of more comedic, um, you know, backdrop. But yeah, it was uh, it was still fun. It was still fun. It was one of those, one of those kind of movies that it's worth checking out just to sort of tick off, but I probably wouldn't want to watch again. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. So, my blue have an interesting one. Sounds like a little interesting historical, uh, uh, you know, thing. Yeah. I was just reading about it there while you were talking about it, Joe. Because, mm. obviously, I, li- I very like Goodfellas. I very like Goodfellas. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Me Italian immigrant. Okay. I very like Goodfellas. <laughs> I like <the> Goodfellas. <laughs> but, apparently, it was uh, at one point... Um, Steve Martin was playing was cast to play the Rick and Moranis character, and yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to play the Steve Martin character. Yeah, I, which wouldn't have worked at all because Schwarzenegger no. so wooden. I don't know how he could have played like a kind of charming wise guy, but yeah, I am very charming. Um, funny how, like funny song. how, am I funny to you? In my voice, like a clown. I can't get no matter nada. No motherfucker. <laughs> um. She got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and your head's all the way up it. Um, I watched Jackass 4.5. It's more Jackass. I saw some people on, on Reddit saying it's even better than Jackass Forever. I think those people need to be uh, locked away and never be allowed to share their opinions ever again. Something would be wrong if the point five movie like was better. better. Especially the way it's like relegated to Netflix. You know, it, It's not better <laughs> in any world it's not better there are bits in it that should have been in the forever for sure there are bits in it that it's baffling to me that they were omitted there's one just to give you an example it's like simplest charlie chaplin buster keaton comedy it could have been a 30 second interstitial right so the the, the bit is poopies who's one of the new cast is standing on the ladder. He's standing on a ladder with a sledgehammer, and he looks in the camera and goes, "I'm show. I'm going to show me." And he hits the ladder from out from under himself with the hammer and falls on the floor. <laughs> it's great. It's so simple. It's funny. You you tell me that couldn't fit into a twenty seconds of the movie between two other skits? Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. There's funny bits on it, but it. it it's simultaneously, it's like half a making of and half a deleted scenes merged into a 0.5 movie. It's it's enjoyable enough. It's an hour and a half long, so I think it's the longest of the 0.5s. Yeah. Um. So I think if, if you enjoyed Forever and you want a, you have a little bit more of an itch to scratch, I would check out 0.5. If you're not that big on Jackass, I don't think it's a, a necessary uh, can't-miss film. It's just nice to have a bit more. That's all. Yeah. So I think I gave it like a, th- a six on Letterbox, a three stars. Yeah, it's enjoyable enough, but it's like better than forever. No, not even close. Guess it depends on how much you like that Charlie Chaplin bit. I liked it a lot, and I, that's still my opinion. <laughs> 
I very much like that bit. And also there's a bit where they get um Dark Shark, the mm. the, the the former Crip uh gangbanger who's who's afraid of everything, uh, to skydive. Oh wow, okay. But again, I don't know as funny as that is, I don't know if that would have improved forever necessarily, because mm. it's a long bit. But yeah, that's where we are with all of them. Yeah, I wanna I wanna get to, to, to that. Um Jump in to the video games here before our final two features of the evening. I played two video games this week, what are technically not fully out yet. Uh, One of them is a recommendation of one Chris Blake. Some many recognize that name uh, from Chair Shot Lore. Um, I heard a few people, uh, a few people talking about this on a couple of different podcasts, and then. Chris was enthusing about it in the Discord, so I said I'd give it a go. It was at Vampire Survivors, which is in early access slash game preview, depending on what which service you're buying it on, their name for an unfinished game. Uh, it is a whopping like three euro to buy, uh, or it is on Game Pass for the PC. Uh, so if you don't want to if you don't want to drop the three quid and you have a Game Pass subscription, you can play it there. It's kind of like you 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 both partook in the in the cookie clicker phenomenon back in the day, did you not? Still, no, not me. Still do. Still do. Joe still got it running now. He's got it open in a tab at all times. Um, you know, so for those who, who who didn't partake, this was a you know I think there's still tons of these on phone, but a kind of a very simple game that you can play just by clicking, and once you do enough clicking, you can even just let it idle in a in a browser mm-hmm. tab, often text based, where you're making something and then selling it and then when you make enough money you can get a factory and then the factory means you don't even have to click anymore and it's basically just boiling games down to that pure uh dopamine hit based on numbers going up do you know what i mean vampire survivors is kind of like what if we took that very simple premise and just like made it slightly more of a video game but not that much so basically it's like a top-down uh action game with sort of Castlevania aesthetics, uh, like Super Nintendo-style Castlevania aesthetics. You're a little uh, vampire hunter-type character with a whip, and you can just move your character around the map. You do not have an attack button. You do not have a jump. You do not have a run. You do not have anything. You can just move. And basically, your attack, depending on what your weapon is, because there's a selection of characters, will auto attack every two seconds or whatever it is and so you walk around the map and a couple of enemies come your way you kill them you get enough xp to upgrade and then the next thing you know it's saying oh here's your choice of upgrades do you want to increase your damage do you want to increase your speed of that attack or do you want to have a second weapon and so the next thing you know you've got two whips going in opposite directions and again you don't control them you don't control what direction they go in but now you're attacking in both directions and the gate that's that's basically the loop of the game all you're doing is moving your character bobbing and weaving in and out of enemies so you are doing a little bit of evasion um and just killing them and collecting xp and every time you level up you're getting a new weapon or uh, you're you're uh, lowering the cooldown on your weapon. So let's say you get a there's a, a a Bible weapon which basically does an area of effect. It does a loop around your character and it takes uh, takes enemies out if they're surrounding you. Uh, after a couple of levels, you'll get the option to uh, reduce the cooldown, so make that happen more frequently. And so basically, you are just 
constantly making your damage per second go up and your weapon cooldowns go down. And so the screen is filling and filling with more and more uh, uh, enemies. The longer you play the game, uh, uh, the more enemies come for you, the bigger the enemies are. The bigger the enemies are, the more frequent the drops. uh, uh, And so subsequently then your weapons are flying all around you and, and, and getting completely out of control. So again, it's that very simple thing of after like a couple of minutes, once you've gotten a couple of upgrades, like you can even have certain times where you don't even need to move because you've got shit flying off your character in all directions. Uh, you've got crucifixes and Bibles and garlic and whips. Um, uh, and that's the game. And like I said, it's, it's, it's tapping into that dopamine hit of you know when you played cookie clicker or one of those similar games when you got to the point where you got like a factory and then you didn't have to click anymore because the game the game just put a counter on the screen that just went up without you doing anything this game has that i i got to the uh uh uh, the boss of the first area you can unlock the second and third area without clearing quote unquote the first area it's a game designed to be rerun and 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 you go back and revisit areas um uh, and stuff like that i i got to the boss and i actually didn't even realize it was there it killed me i wasn't properly paying attention but before i got there the screen was complete and utter mayhem it was like literally filled to the brim with enemies i had 17 different things coming off my character i didn't i wasn't even able to keep track anymore what the weapons were it's one of those games which kind of actively encourages you to like break it in a way where it's like at a certain point if you get lucky enough with the drops because they are random there's no there's no fixed skill tree it's like sort of roguelike ish in a way where a little bit of it is is, is to do with luck um and if you get a very lucky run you'll have this character that's after uh, like 10 or 15 minutes is just like completely untouchable uh, but they kind of want you to do that and, and and have fun with that. Um, it's really, really great. I would encourage basically everyone to give it a go. It, it it makes itself obvious in the first like five or ten minutes what it is. And if it hooks you in, you'll be hooked. I, I started playing it last night. Um, and my first session from when I picked up the controller, I played it for four hours straight. I played it for three hours again today. I've put more wow. time. I put more time into it already than I have Tunic, which I started a month ago. <laughs> um uh it's very addictive and it's so so simple uh so yeah that is that is uh um vampire survivors it's like three quid it's only on pc uh but it should be able to run on anything my pc is is quite basic uh, and quite old uh the other thing i have been playing is multiverses which is the warner brothers smash bros game um mm-hmm. uh they they did um they did a sign up a couple of weeks ago where it was like enter a draw for alpha access and i did it and i got in um obviously it must be quite hard to get in because every time i mention it online or when i was streaming it people come begging for codes um so i guess it's 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 quite a limited thing it's not public you have to have you have to be given access to it and it's good i'm not a big smash person um i think i've talked about that here on the podcast it's just not my forte um mm-hmm. i think this is a good one of those i'll probably have a little bit more fun with it it's like the alpha is running for another week um it is going to be free to play so i'll probably give it a whirl when it launches properly as well i think your mileage will vary based on how much you like smash brothers but i think it is actually a quite decently made one of those um uh, uh the cast of characters are quite wacky because it's like it's got like this childish cartoonish aesthetic you've got like jake the dog from adventure time and batman and harley quinn and then like Arya stark you know what i mean like a game of three and you can like customize your your um ui so that when you knock someone off the map off the map 
it it does a custom you knock someone off the map thing and there's like Game of Thrones banners. I'm like, this is so weird in a Fortnite looking children's game. Um but it's good. I mean, it has all the basic smash elements, it has items, it has stages, you're knocking people off. Uh the controls are like the same. It's like normal attack, special attack, dodge, jump. Um yeah, I like it. I think it's I think it's fun. I'll be very curious to see what people make when they get they get access to it. Because I think it's so close to Smash that the the hardcores who love that game might look at the slight differences and say, no, I don't like that. Yeah. Uh, it has a lot of status effect stuff in it. Um, freezing, uh, uh, the Tasmanian devil, like he like seasons other characters. And if you're fully seasoned, you're more susceptible to damage or some shit like that. It has a lot of that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's not just attacking. It's a lot of uh, meters filling up, buffs and debuffs. So it's, um, it's kind of more complex than you might think. But uh, yeah. Uh, a, a solid thumbs up for it. I think it's. I think it's um, uh, pretty fun for what it is, um, and the roster seems good. You've got Adventure Time characters, Steven Universe. There's like obviously there's like six DC characters because they make the most sense uh, yeah. in a fighting game. I think Rick from Rick and Morty will be in it when it launches. Yeah, he'll be burping. He'll do some pickle, he'll... pickle Rick unlockable character. Oh, absolutely! I'll be I'll be stunned if there isn't one. I did notice uh, Pickle Rick. I don't think he the character was there, but I did see a pickle Rick at some point during uh, Chippendale. Oh, really? As well, yeah. I saw one of the few things I've seen from that new Stanley Parable is a pickle Rick thing in it. Um, Stanley Parable, is so good. Yeah, I should. Well, now that he has pickle Rick in it, I'm definitely going to get to it. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Uh, what about you? Uh, I continue to play Pokemon Crystal. Um, mm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy just goes unloved and untouched. Probably once I finish Crystal, I'll get back to Guardians of the Galaxy. But um, if you were wowed last week, how far into it I was. I I played 28 hours now. Of Jesus. In two weeks. <laughs> um, uh, further to my points from last week about the difficulty and the approach you need to take in this game, I got to uh, the Elite Four. Okay. Which is the Pokemon League is like your final bosses. Although in Pokemon Crystal in Generation 2, there's actually the post-game content is a whole other world. It's the world from the first game that you can then go to and do all the things. So it's not really the end of the game, but the credits do roll. Um, beating the Elite Four took me, speaking of Dark Souls and the like, about 25 tries. Okay. To get strong enough to where I could beat the first person it took me about 10 tries and then I did some grinding and then I came back and I could get to the second person and slowly I'm getting stronger and stronger until I could get through the whole five so now now I've done that I'm in the uh, the region from red and blue which is called the Kanto region and you can get the badges and do the gym leaders from the first game but they're much stronger now so actually right. once you finish gold and silver and crystal the game continues you can basically do a, a uh, the world from red and blue, but it's like three years in the future. So it's slightly, there are slight differences to make it, you know, fun. Um, but yeah, very addictive. Like I said, I like the challenge of it compared to modern games. I think graphically they do a lot with the Game Boy Color to try and make it look as modern as possible. It doesn't feel like you're playing uh, an NES game or, or an equivalent uh, powered game. It does feel like a step forward, although it's obviously not quite Super Nintendo graphically. It ne- you never feel like this game is too old for me to really right. get to grips with or, or take seriously. Obviously, it plays well, but even in terms of how it looks. 
so yeah, very addicted to it. 28, 28 hours in. I'll definitely, you know, in terms of beating the game, I'm I'm not even looking at the Pokedex at all because I can't trade, so I can never finish it. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get all the badges, and then the final thing is, the final boss of the game is the protagonist from Red and Blue, who's called Red. And you go to Mount Silver and you fight him at the end of the but game. But what if you, when you played Red and Blue, you renamed them to Cool Guy? <laughs> they should no, do a little prompt at the beginning of the game. Just out of curiosity, by the way, yeah. what did you call your guy in yeah. Red and Blue? Well, I, both of my characters would have been called Paul, so that would have been a bit <laughs> Yeah, if he was called Paul, you would have been like, oh my god. Yeah, it'd be like Millhouse meeting Millhouse and Lemon Detroit. Um, but yeah, it's great. I just want to mention before we move on to our next segment as well. Very topical for CSP. There's a little, a, you know, we do Wordle, the daily Wordle game. Mm. I do some movie ones as well. I, there's one I do called Framed, which shows you a, a frame. I like of a Framed, movie. Yeah. yeah. I also do one which is the the box office game. It gives you a uh, a list of films from a certain day. Today's is April 13, 2012. And I just want to see if you can you can get them. So basically what it is is you can choose, like, tell me an actor. Tell me a director. Tell me um, the tagline from the poster. Stuff like, stuff like this, right? Okay. So I just thought it was funny that two of these films that were on this day, the day of this particular quiz is April 13, 2012. Okay. So that's your first clue. that These films were in the top five in the U.S. box office, April 13, 2012. One of them came up, actor one, Sean Hayes. I got it immediately. Uh, it's the Three Stooges. Ah, oh, well, so that's obviously why I didn't get it. One. Yeah, okay. Obviously, I'm going to know that one. Uh, but the one for you guys, we'll do this as a kind of improv quiz. Do you want the tagline, actor one, actor two, actor three, director or genre? Uh, director. Director Drew Goddard. Cabin in the Woods. It is Cabin in the Woods. I, when when he it. said, I was like, 2012, it has to be that. Yeah. It has to be Cabin in the Woods. I got it off uh, actor two was Chris Hemsworth. Actor one, Kristen Connolly. I'm sorry. I love that film, but I wouldn't know her name. Yeah, no. But but Chris Hemsworth in a film with where he's not actor one, I was like, ah, that can only be one thing. Anyway, speaking of quizzes, I believe we have one this week, and it wasn't me what did it. Oh, we got a quiz. Here we go. Um, so this was inspired by uh, the episode a couple of weeks ago that I missed, where the two of you had a uh, conversation about, uh, inspired by Konosuke uh, Takeshita, mm-hmm. to give me his proper pronunciation. Uh, you talked about anagrams and funny, funny anagrams of wrestlers' Ooh. names. Um, yes. So I took that ball and I very much ran with it. I, I took my ball and went home and came, <laughs> up, with a, came up with a new quiz. <clears throat> so okay. this quiz, when I tell you the name, just remember how Americans pronounce Graham, which is more like Graham. Okay, so, Graham. so the Graham, name of yeah. the quiz is Superstar Annie Graham. No. Okay. Oh, oh you very got it. good. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to preface this quiz by saying if this is to do with anagrams, yeah. I'm I'm probably going to need to write them down, but I'm okay. not looking up. I'm not I'm not googled an anagram. I'm going to solver. I'm going to go freehand here. All right, here we go. Major Charles yeah. anagram. Let's go. Because I, I have my edit file I keep open for editing the podcast, like when I dropped a thing yeah. earlier and it went bop, 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 bop. Okay. So I'm going to use that for right now, just so I can see it visually. So uh, when I was creating this quiz, I kind of decided that just giving you an anagram would be too easy. Uh, okay. So if you thought 
uh, Dwayne Johnson Busters was a load of convoluted old shite. Oh, no. Oh, Just wait until you hear about Superstar Annie Graham. Okay? <laughs> so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a cryptic clue and the initials. And this cryptic clue is not to the name of the wrestler. It's to the name of the, the, the anagram phrase. Yeah. Oh, very good. So you have okay, to figure so. out a phrase that I've just made up from their name. So get your notepad file out. I will then, what? So I will then tell, yeah, if you guess the anagram correctly, I will confirm. And then okay, you get me... to work out what the rest of it is. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be the longest show ever. <laughs> I, I'm loving this. I can't wait. This is going to be brilliant. All right. Yeah. Okay. So there's, uh, let's just take turns to make it less confusing. Um, so there's five each. Okay. Who wants to go first? Me, Paul. Please. Ah, okay. please. Paul goes first. Okay. Okay. So your cryptic clue in the initials are, well, go on then. O, O. Well, go on then. Well, go on then. Oh, go on then. Oh, well, go on then. Yeah, go on then. Okay, okay, something. Oh like that. yeah, okay, you're in the, yeah. Okay, you're in, right, in the right ballpark. Yeah. Um, what would you say if I say, you know, do you want to go to the, go down the chipper, get some chips? I'd uh, say, uh, but you're not too keen. You're not that keen on it. But you are. You you do want to go. <laughs> oh 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 oh. I'd say I'd say oh uh, okay. You got it. Paul's got it. Oh okay. Now, what wrestler is an anagram of OOK? Uh, I'm looking at it now. Can I just clarify? Maybe I'm not allowed to clarify. Oh, no, I, I, I've got it without needing to clarify. Uh, the answer is Hook. That's correct. Paul, for one point. Oh, I was trying to work it out in my head. I was like, OKAY. I was like, what? I was clarify yeah. if it was with the OK. I would have clarified if you needed it, but um, yeah. yeah, it was OK. Okay, well okay. done. Well done. Okay, over to Barry. Over to Barry. Okay, oh, your God, clue, okay. your cryptic clue. <clears throat> this Scottish fella has abbreviated body art JMT. <laughs> Jesma tattoos. <laughs> so it's a yeah, okay, Scottish fella. So okay. what would I what should maybe call a Scottish fella? So yeah, if I if I want to be a bit offensive, I might call him a jock. Well that does begin with J. And he's jock. a fella. He's a fella, so Jockman's tats. Jockman tats, that is correct, Barry. Okay. So what is that an anagram of? Jockman's oh, tats. Okay. Um, jock man's tats. Is it man tats? Can you just clarify that? Uh, no, it's, it's jock man, M-A-N, T-A-T-S. Jock man tats. I've got some man tats around here. <laughs> <laughs> I was jiggling my breasts, if you were going to see it. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> jock man tats. I'll give you a bit longer, but then I may pass it over to Paul if uh, you can't get it. <sighs> just, just, just let it, yeah, percolate. Can't be that many with J, surely. Um, no idea. You want to pass? Uh, uh, no, I have no idea. I could, I have, don't have nothing. Okay, I'm terrible so at this. I'm going to give you one point for getting the clue. Okay, thank um, you. But Paul, you can also. You got two points for your correct one. You can now pick up one point if you can get the, the anagram. Okay, one An second now. one point. 
Um, <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm very close, but I can't. Give me quite a few more seconds. It. Five, um, four, three, two. I, one. I, I, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's, it's, it's Jack something. I feel like Jack. You're kind of in the right. You're in the right area. Yeah. It's Matt Jackson. Wow. Oh. It's obvious when you know it. Yeah, when you get good. there, very easy once you know him. Okay, next one. Back to yeah, you, Paul. Yeah. Okay. Um, in other words, in other words, asking for payment not to reveal salacious information, A.B. That's like a cryptic crossword in the New York Times crossword. That's a cryptic Say that again. What? In other words, asking okay. for payment not to reveal salacious information. So what, what, what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> Asking someone for words, asking someone for payment not to yeah. reveal salacious. I, I, yeah, I think I, a bribe. No, I think I, I think I know yeah. what it is. But ugh. what's payment the, to uh, a beginning mm. with B? Asking. Yeah, asking for payment. If yeah. I'm asking you, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna blackmail you. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then and in other words, what's what what you know? In other words, beginning with uh, A. You know, in other words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in other words, uh, astutely blackmail. <laughs> in other words, you know. Uh, in other, yeah. I'll, be, I'll, alternately. Oh yeah, uh, kind of. You don't get on the way there. Sort of this, this could, you know, be no. Um uh, and and blackmail also blackmail. Oh, you're getting there. Think of a, th- uh, a three-letter phrase. Alt, alt, black. Oh, not quite, not quite. Barry, have you got it? No, you don't know what it is. Um, As an idea, you can get it. I'll just tell you. No, just tell me. AKA blackmail. Oh, word. Okay, okay. AKA blackmail. Okay. Uh, Paul still has a guess on the name, does he? Yeah. So you got. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you figure out this wrestler? What are you laughing at? It's not, it's not funny. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he's laughing. I don't know. I don't know why he's laughing. Um, mm, this is a tougher one than than okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I do know this one though. Oh, he knows it. Oh, dear. Um, give you a little bit longer, Paul. But um, yeah, like, so, yeah. The, the the AKA is throwing me off here. I feel like with two K's in this name, so you might have a um... yeah, a few few more a few more seconds. I'm not Three. seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Let's do, try, do, let's try do, it over. Over to Barry. Is it Malachi Black? Yes, correct. Barry for one. Oh Jesus! That was blackmail. It was right there in front of you. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Easy one I don't know why I didn't see it. Actually, that did cross my mind, Malachi Black. But I just—it looked like there weren't enough letters for it for some reason. That's the now I look at it, That's how they get is. you. The yeah. anagram. They get you. Okay, back to Barry. Ah, right. Um, Stockholm, Helsinki, and Kiev want to join a political organization to become one of these. NC. So, New capital. No, no. It's a good guess, but it's not right. Neo capital? No. Maybe not not capitals. 
Just, yeah. What else? I don't know. Beginning with C. City? Could be City. <laughs> um, so they want to join a, some kind of political organization that maybe begins with N. I don't know. So what would hmm, what could that be? And they all, you know, this might be in the news recently that they... Oh. Okay, um, NATO City? NATO City, he's got it. Well done, Barry. Um, <laughs> so what, I know this. I, I know this one already. What wrestler is that an anagram of? <laughs> ah, um, NATO City. Okay. <laughs> Paul thinks he's got it. So I know it. I know yeah. it. Ah. Um. I mean, it's not a long name, so it's only. You know. Well, yeah, I know. I'm I just. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always terrible at anagrams. Oh my god, NATO city. Okay, and now. Uh, um, why? No, a few more seconds. I don't know it. I Can don't get know it. it. Paul put me out of his misery. Well, she was on Rampage this week, kissing Sammy Guerrero. It's Ty Conti. Oh, God, yeah. That's terrible. I should have got that. Oh, one, one point apiece there. Um, so back to you, Paul. Okay. <clears throat> this... This centrist doesn't. <laughs> this centrist doesn't use lube from behind. <laughs> so what's D A L? Oh god! So what's, what's going on there? This centrist. So I said, you know, politically, yeah, you what? They're a centrist, so. a moderate. A, uh... Yeah, so you know, maybe kind of in the in the middle. Yeah, yeah. what what would they be maybe called? Especially on Twitter, a bit of a. Sort of bit of a, bit of a uh, phrase that's used on there. I don't know. I don't really do politics. Think, think of the other one. So they're not using any lubes. So what's going on there? D yeah, D D. What's going on? Just dry. Dry. Not. They're not it's using dry. any lube from behind. They're dry. Yeah, they're not lubricated. Uh, dry. <laughs> Arse. <laughs> well, close. Think. Uh, Ass. Well, no, but think of a more maybe a more biological. Anus. Uh, oh, right. I've That's got close it. close enough. That's close enough. Oh. I'll give you that. Dry anal and then... Anal, okay. So L. Anal. L. I think of a cent- someone who's in central politics. You know, they're not a yeah. left. They're not a lefty. They're not a, a Tory conservative. They're kind of... Yeah, do that really. That party yeah. that's sort of in the middle. You know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know, they I don't know. I don't know anything about politics. I'm very, I'm very apolitical. Um... Oh. You nearly said it then. I don't know. Okay. Oh, we have to go to Barry. I think it's got it. No. Yeah. yeah sorry. Go Dry anal lib. Yeah. Barry's got it. Dry. But a lib is on the left. Um, yeah, but, but like centrist. Not yeah, more centrist. Yeah. So Barry, dry anal lib is an Here anagram. The part I no, but I still get to guess the anagram, though, right? No, Barry stole it. Why is he stole the whole thing? I'm making this uh, up. I think, it goes I think along. No, the last time it went back to him to do the name, didn't it? No, no, no. Does it? Okay. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> no, sure, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, God. Why am I so bad at these? Again, this is one you, yeah, it's not too tricky. I mean, as as Anagram Sky. Some some of the letters are kind of already yeah in the right order. No, okay. Uh, oh, um, Billy. No. No. Okay, so I'm going to pass it back to to Paul. I don't think Barry's getting it. No, I'm struggling with this one as well. Um, RFB. Oh God, no, I'm not seeing it. Um, okay. no, no. I have, I have, uh, Brian Daly. Brian Daly. Uh, no, it's not. It's actually neither of you are getting any points for this one because that's no. poor, poor effort. Darby Allen. Oh, uh, yeah. It's easy when you know him. It's easy it is, when you know him. It is, it is. Okay, so it's currently yeah, four, three, four, three to Paul, and we've got five yeah. left. So let's go through these. Um, <laughs> those financiers yeah. have their own velvet rope to stop people getting in. Mm. B C. Bankers Club. Oh, you're close, but think of the the kind of velvet rope specifically. What 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 is that? Banker, kind of a, you know, if you're, t- you know, almost banker circle. No, you're getting, you're getting there. There's a certain word for that kind of velvet rope <laughs> when you're in like a little banker's c- closed. No, you're kind of getting further away. <laughs> Maybe you don't know this word. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll give you a hint. It's also the name of a fat British talk show host. <laughs> Bankers. <laughs> Who? Uh, in America. In America. In America. In a fat British talk show host in America. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What? I know. No. I know. Talk show host in it. Oh. Um, Fucking, um, it's not John Oliver. He's not fat. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Bank- I don't know. I, well, I, I right, have I'll no idea. I'll give it to Paul. I'll give it to Paul. Oh. Barry's flaming right. out on this one. Oh, oh, yeah, Cor- Corden. Bankers Corden. Oh. Bankers Corden. Ah. Right. Now, now, Paul. Do I know? Can Bankers you work Corden. this oh one out? God. Um, this is a maybe a more obscure wrestler, not that obscure, mm. but it's. A, I'll give you a clue. It's an AEW. They're all AEW, actually. Okay, okay. It's someone in AEW, someone you mm. will know. Sure, but not a main okay. kind of main star. Okay. Um. Hmm. Uh. 
Again, that, that K is throwing me off in there. There's only so many names that could have a K in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Anchors Corden. Anchors Corden. That's Corden. C-O-R-D-O-N. Oh, D-O-N. I D-O-N yeah. for some reason. Cordon. Um, you a few more seconds, Paul. Bankers Corden. I'm not, I'm, not, no. I'm not seeing it, I'm afraid. I'm not Any seeing idea, it. Barry? Um, oh god, not really. Um, Brandon Cutler, no, that's not it. No, it was Brock Anderson. No, Brock Anderson. I never in a million years would have got that, even if he said it's a wrestler in AEW, BA, I wouldn't have gotten that. (laughs) Okay, right, quickly moving on. Um, this, I think these two are a bit easier. Um, so whose turn is it? It's my turn, Paul's turn. Uh, these bunnies have a very long way to go. RT. Rabbits trip. Not, Rabbits. not a trip. Think of a long trip. Yeah. A, uh, a long travel. walk. A long walk, maybe. <laughs> uh, Just you keep oh, long walk. walking for ages. Yeah. <laughs> a tourney. A, uh, you know. Oh. <laughs> It's been a real. Oh, loving this. It was a real trek. Yes, thank yes, Christ. Rabbit, Rabbits. rabbit, singular trek. A rabbit, yeah. rabbit, rabbit trek. Like Star Trek, rabbit trek. Broken. Um. Rabbit trek. Mm. Jesus, let me have a look at this now. Wait, <laughs> put me off my lap. <laughs> this one's this one um, is, is very gettable. Okay. Oh yeah, unlike all the other ones. <laughs> the other ones were were very impossible. Uh Britt Baker. There we go. Well done, Paul Britt Baker. Okay. Good good effort. Okay, we're back we're back on, on track here. I'm getting my pen and my pad here. Right. Yeah, right, you, you need down. to. Um okay. Barry. Okay. D- do me a picture of that bird that can turn its head all the way round. D Draw O. Owl. Draw out, yes, straight, straight out of the blocks with that one. Draw out, draw out. Two L's, okay. Wardlow, yay, he got it. Wardlow, yeah, I'll just admit, one L. I don't know where you got the other L from, but uh, <laughs> well, hey, there's only out. one L in Wardlow. That's all that matters. <laughs> draw out, two L's, you say? Okay, so we're still, it's still six five to pull. We've got one each left. We're in the last round, are we? Yep. Okay, so Paul. This woman mm. looks great after getting brown in the sun. S T. Tan, obviously. Yeah, and she looked. It, it looks great. You know, I mean, super tan. Oh, close. This might be more of a British expression. Actually, I'm not sure. Oh, um, think think Wallace and Gromit. Oh, cracking tan woman. <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> along those kind of lines. Um. Oh, snazzy or s- <laughs> ooh, smashing, smashing tan. That is correct, Paul. One for smashing one point. Tan. Can you get the bonus point? Smashing tan. Smashing tan. I'll be honest. If you get this one, I'll give you the money myself. Because okay, it's it's someone who's been on TV in the last few weeks, definitely. Uh huh. But they're not someone that's going to spring immediately to mind. Oh. Okay. Um, They've never had a match on AEW. 
That's a good clue. Um, they've never had a match. Um, oh, I know this one. Gary <laughs> knows it. Oh, dear. Should have started writing them down sooner. Mm. I'm going to struggle, I think, with this one. Um, a few more seconds. Yeah. Uh, no, Barry? No. Satchnam Singh. That is correct. No, I, will, I wouldn't have guessed yeah, that. Yeah, so it's one point each. So final one is currently Barry six full seven. So Barry, if you can if you can get this one, two points, you can win. Okay, okay. Barry, you're 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 uh, Burnley now. It's all in your hands. It's all in your own hands. Okay. So the cryptic clue and the initials that John Carter or Waterworld movie has come back on at the cinema. F R. So that that John Carter movie, that Lord Repeat. No, you're quite close. Think about those movies. What have those movies got in common? Maybe you know flop. Flop. Yes. Okay. Oh. So you got the flop, and they've come back on at the at the cinema. They've they've rerun. Repeat. They return. No. So they were on before. Now they've re returned. Re- no. Released, re-released. No, what does a movie do when it when it comes on at the box office? It, it flop. It you know the the weekend, the, the first weekend. What would you call that? The the first Release. weekend the movie comes out. Release. No, but the the something weekend the premiere the the. You can do these hands all you want. I don't flop revival, flop release, flop return, flop reveal. No, flop run. It went, it, if it was say it went back in the box and then it came back and then they brought it back out. What if- flop return. <laughs> Fucking. Flop raise. Ray. Give me another hint. Come on. So it, it was closed and now it's reopened. Yes. So the opening weekend, we got so reopened. <laughs> but the, no, I mean, hang on. on you, if a film comes back out, you don't call it reopening weekend. That is not a thing. We do in, in this quiz. Um, so F, yeah, flop reopened. Which AEW wrestler is that an anagram of? Flop reopened. Okay. Um. Hmm. Quite a long name. Yeah. I'll give you a hint. The the, the surname is 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 shorter. It's mm. a longer first name, shorter surname. Um, I know it. Oh, Paul thinks he's got it. I have. I, I do have it. The pressure's cranking up. Leads have just equalised. Ah, it's a penalty. Oh, the final whistle's gone at Burnley. Oh. This is a tough one, but I'm I'm happy. I've I figured it out. Yeah. Mm, the pressure's on now, Barry. Yeah. Uh, this is AEW wrestler, you said. Yes, yes. They're all AEW wrestlers. 
Oh man. I think you can get it. I think you can. We, yeah, like this is this is going to kill me if I don't get it. Um, yeah, we're into injury time now. We're yeah, the, 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 the fans are whistling. The they're saying, "Come on, referees just the, check the people watch. need to be getting consistent time here." <laughs> but it hasn't been consistent all along. Where's he getting? Where's know. he getting? Where's he getting these extra minutes from? <laughs> <laughs> um, the goalkeeper's pitch. taking his time to take the kick. Always oh, just book the keeper. No, what's the fucking... Oh, um... Oh. oh, he's kicking his finger. I'm worried. Has he got, has he got ah! it? Has he got it? Has he got it? It's 7-7. Seven, seven. Has he got it? <laughs> I don't know! Oh, he's giving... He's, he's out. He's out. Paul. What is it? Paul, penalty. It's, tr- it's last-minute penalty. Yeah, it's a tricky... She's not been around for a while. That's why you might not remember. Penelope Ford. Oh, God. And that's Paul 8-7. So Barry is relegated from... That's been a winner. Should have got that. Should have got that. Griffin! Ah, you'll never see anything like this again. He's one of Chris. Okay. So that was go. very enjoyable. I very much enjoyed it. I think yeah, the problem is... I always, <laughs> I always underestimate how hard it's going to be. So I think oh, I better add on an extra like bit to make it harder. <laughs> Otherwise, well, it'll be I, really easy. I don't think it's to do with the difficulty. I think it's if it was just an anagram game, it would lack some. It wouldn't be as fun, fun. aspect to it. I, yeah, yeah I, I, it was very fun. That's that's what's more important. Really, did. <laughs> anything else? Okay, well, that was a right, just about just game. about one there. So, I mean, to to have not gotten Malachi Black when Black was in the clue was uh, that was that was um, uh, Torres missing a free kick, a, a free shot a goal against United yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. Oh, how has he missed that one? But. Um, Still one, happy with that. Great quiz. Let's do more of that. Very much enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we will uh, jump in now to the wrestling guff. Uh, quite a week. Um, mm. I suppose the main thing to, to kick off with here is that on Monday Night Raw, we did have, it's been a while since we've had one, but we did have a walk off. Uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi uh, uh, left the show after arriving at the show, uh, hearing the plans, trying to get them changed, and then leaving the show during the course of the show, it seems. WWE put out a statement, uh, which was a very, um, uh, very to the point, this is not a joke, and we're going to try and get ahead of all the narratives statement where they say Sasha and Naomi tried to uh, uh, change the match because they felt unsafe working with two of the people in it, gave up their tag titles to John Laurinaitis and left. Um, uh, They were then suspended on SmackDown. And there's been lots of reporting here and there suggesting that it was not a concern of safety, but they were just seemingly unhappy with the positioning of the tag titles. Um, And that's where we're at as of this recording. Uh, They are suspended and no further updates. What do we make of this one, boys? Well, it, uh, the way they've handled it is probably the most shocking aspect. It's not the first time this has happened by any stretch of the imagination, but I've never seen them go so viciously after someone, maybe since Stone Cold walked out. But, uh, the way they've handled it is a bit of a, bit of a PR own goal. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little different now. In that, when Stone Cold walked out, WWE was still at that point coming out of the Attitude Era and was still was still was a company that 
um, fans had a lot of good goodwill for. Mm. And so your your immediate reaction wasn't, oh, Stone Cold must be in the right here, you know. And obviously that was the the angle the company took with sending the Rock out and doing the promo. Stone Cold took his ball, went home. You know, the famous lines, obviously. Yeah. And now, especially for us that were so jaded with WWE, um, you you watch Michael Cole doing his very um, inorganic. You know, they walked out. They they disappointed millions of <laughs> WWE fans around the world, and you just even even a situation like this, which which can be very real, <laughs> the, the WWE spin always comes off very fake and very overproduced mm. and very um, I don't know hard to buy into. Even in in from from a, a perspective like to, to take the devil's advocate route and and think of it from WWE's point of view, yeah, to have somebody walk out mid show. And you have to, you know, while the show is live on television, you're having to rejigger is obviously a very bad thing. And, and I think they're right in that aspect to um, suspend Naomi and Sasha Banks, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, the, the, everything from the, uh, the uh, you know, this uh, statement they put out to Michael Cole on, on SmackDown talking about it, seems very uh face saving and very um like i said very fake very very uh inorganic and um you know i i think i think sasha banks and naomi are are right in in what the their grievances were with you know obviously for it seems like since they created the titles WWE have not really given a shit about the titan titles for the women and uh, as much as they like to pat themselves on the back and bleat constantly about their their women's vision and the women's revolution. Um, the women's tag team titles have always been very close towards the bottom of their priorities, along with the twenty four seven title. I don't think they've ever had serious aspirations of setting up a proper women's tag team division. Mm. Insofar as most of the teams you see are just hastily thrown together singles competitors who have no ongoing single story. Uh, see. Rhea Ripley and the nine partners she had over the last year. Um, so as Sasha Banks uh, and Naomi, I would say probably more so Sasha Banks, who who pushed hard for this division um, to be very dissatisfied with it, makes sense. And, and obviously they felt like, based on what they were doing that day, that the only course of action was to, to not go along with it. But that's, you know, we, we, we've heard that story now a lot from... The John Moxies and, and the CM Punks of the world, and anyone who who's frustrated with the creative system of WWE, who leaves, uh, often has that same viewpoint on it. But at the same time, you know, Sasha just just signed a new contract. Uh, how long ago it was? A year or two years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, there was talk about her leaving, and then she she ended up staying, and she was doing her uh, her uh, thank you Vince tweets for the big old pile of money he drove up to my house. So uh, you know, at the same time, I feel like now. Given what we've seen over the years, certainly since the pandemic happened, with people being released during a pandemic, the numbers of people being released, the restructuring of the developmental, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I feel like if you work for WWE, you need to understand what you're signing up for. You know, if if the money is what it is, fair enough. But you need to accept the way that company is run. You need to accept what their priorities are and what the priorities aren't, and be realistic about it, rather than. You know, that's. I don't think WWE is a, is a company that you can easily try to change from within. I think you need to understand what you're signing up for and what you're, you're getting mm-hmm. yourself into. 
So to that extent, I have sympathy, but also I kind of, you know, at the same time, you need to be realistic about the situation. Yeah, yeah. I think it's easy to um, look at the tag titles and say, oh, well, you know, who cares? But I... You know, I, I, I think Sasha, we know for a fact, is a big, massive fan, and she takes it all very seriously. And I think she probably took it as a a, a, a source of a pride. Slight, like, but I mean, yeah, it just yeah. but like she's basically, this is her second time in a row, because there was also the famous dropping it to the Iconics thing, which was the death kneel for the titles the first time, really. Like, no offense to the Iconics, but they were... They, first of all, they were constantly booked to lose the classic WWE thing, you know, not protected, and the matches weren't very good. So this is like Sasha's second reign where it's like, okay, here you go. You're going to be the tag team. You're going to bring this title up, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you're not, you know. Um, uh, so that's that's um, uh, worth noting. And I, I will say, I mean, I, I did hear it on, on another uh, podcast this week. I think it's a very fair point is that another reason Sasha might, might like that idea is that despite the fact that she's as good as she is and she's as popular as she is, it's just it now feels really obvious after all these years that no matter how good she is, she will always be slotted below Charlotte, Becky, when Ronda's around, she'll be shot, slotted below her. And you could even make the case that arguably it already kind of feels like they're getting more behind Bianca than they ever got behind Sasha. Now, that's early mm. days. We'll see We'll see where Bianca goes. So maybe she was like, okay, if I can't do that, maybe I'll be the tag team person. And then they're like, oh, we will. you're go- both going doing singles programs now. And who cares about the titles? Who cares? You know? Um, and Naomi as well. I mean, obviously, Sasha is kind of the more the headline grabber. But she's someone who for like a decade at this stage has always felt like slightly more popular than her push. Um, and, in, and in a classic Zack Ryder type situation, that has always gotten her nothing, you know, uh, mm. absolutely nothing. So, yeah, um, uh, you know, as I say, Sunday evening, no real news out of this just yet. I know there was a video going around earlier today of, Sasha at a Steve Aoki concert on <laughs> on stage, living her best life. Fair play, dancing around. Uh, that was quite funny. Um, we'll see. We'll see. As always, with the like, you know, in light of the Park thing a few years ago, there's talk of could there be a contract freeze? Uh, apparently, you know, obviously Sasha signed not that long ago, but it's there's a rumor that both their contracts are up in a couple of months, so that they may be they may just be free and out the door anyway in the next couple of weeks. The thing the thing that's really fascinating to me, and you guys did mention it, was was the WWE's conduct. It's kind of like there's there's two alternate timelines here. There's a there's a parallel universe where they walk out, they're fed up, they're frustrated, and WWE just says nothing, kind of like they did with Pac, where it's like we're just going to ring him and try and get him back and try and sort it out. And we're not going to do anything. And then there's a time. And then in that case, it's like, okay, Sasha and Naomi, they just have to work out their issues with WWE. But now it's almost kind of irrelevant what the initial creative issue is because now WWE is like, they let you down. They're unprofessional. They don't care. They let us down. Uh, they don't want to work with these people because they think they're unsafe, blah, blah, blah. It's like they've, they've in, in one week, they've taken every opportunity they could to like throw them under the bus and, 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 uh, get very accusatory uh, very fast. Um, so that really does make it feel like it's this is not going to be a simple okay, yeah, we'll let you defend the tag titles. Let's, let's shake hands and put it to one side. That that seems like it's already off the table, you know. Mm. Um, speaking of off the table, the McMahon family name is off the table as pretty soon oh. this is just going to be WWE Corp with Vince McMahon being weekend at Bernie's atop it with no family members taking over from ever as uh, Stephanie McMahon took a 
announced she was taking a leave of absence this week. Very vague, very nonspecific. Mm. And that is also all we really know at this time. Um, you know, not hasn't left the company, hasn't quit, but, um, you know, very unusual. Very unusual. I don't really know what to make of this one yet. No, but I, I think we, it's a bit different with Shane because he's kind of come and gone and also he was, I guess, sort of overlooked as like the heir to the throne mm. you know, in favour of Stephanie and uh, Paul Levesque. Um, but whereas Stephanie, she always seemed to be like the golden child and was very, and also just she was a big part of the company as a figurehead and as doing her kind of PR and, you know, spokesperson. She seemed quite integral to the company. So that is why it's yeah so surprising to... See her step away, but who knows? It, may, it maybe it's not company related. Maybe it's personal, or some other some other issue. So, yeah. I'm sure, it will come out. Yeah, um, she was she was the the chosen one, and yeah, like you said, I think it's a great point. It it didn't shock anyone when Shane left earlier this year because he's in and out, and it's a very odd relationship there. But Stephanie, yeah, very 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 unexpected. Um, yeah. Uh, I suppose with uh, with those uh, uh, stories done, I mean, is there is there much to chat about from uh, uh, Dynamite and Rampage this week? I thought they were both good shows. Um, I don't I don't know how much more Rampage I can do. <laughs> what was wrong with Rampage this week? Did you look at the card for Rampage this week? It was all right. Yeah, I watched it. What do you mean? Look at the card. I watched Sean, it. Sean Spears against a giant big demo. Big, big demo. Who he beat in a minute? Um, the women's match was okay. Yeah, I like the, that match. I like that match. The Danielson Moxie match was was fine, but I, I, there was no drama to. It. I didn't for a second believe they're going to lose. Um, what else was on it? The Malachi Black team match was nothing. Um, Jay did say Tony Kutch. Yeah, we got that on both sh- both shows, which was yeah. What a week! My God, what a week! Um, I like the hook housing video, but that was pretty much it. It was short. I kind of wanted a little bit more from the hook housing yeah. video. Yeah, a little bit more. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like even even if Rampage is fine, I feel like there's a bigger and bigger divide every week between Rampage is or Dynamite's the show you need to watch, and Rampage is if if you're hungry for a little bit extra, we have a little bit, but there's nothing of really worth there. And the um, the Sammy Guevara. The title of the hammer segment was completely baffling. Yeah, um, I want that title shot so bad, and I want to be a champion. So I was going to destroy the title with a hammer. Okay, I don't, I don't see where the logic is there with doing that. It's already the feud is already so bad, right? They're doing this terrible segment. Scorpio, like after teasing being a face for a while there a few weeks ago, he doubled down on being a heel lady, so he's back being a heel. Then Sammy's being awful. He's doing his Sammy self, whatever. But what really threw me about saying it was then Kazarian comes in, who is a baby face, but he's pals with Sammy. So I'm like, so am I supposed to cheer you? And if that's the case, Jesus Christ, Frankie Kazarian is the guy who's going to save this feud. Uh, oh, man. What a mess. Honestly, the sooner they strap up Wardlow after he beats MJF, the better. Put it on the Wardlow, on the draw out, and have him beat everyone. Yeah, I think you need to need to whatever you do with the TNT title, just get it as far away from all these people as, as quickly as possible. As far as Sammy and Ty, you might need to phase them out for a couple of months, send them down to AAA. 
Um, yeah, and then and then your your Scorpio and Ethan Page uh, bottom of the card. I don't need to be seeing them every week. And like, what are they doing this mixed tag match to do? Because like, because Gangrel is still teaching Page Van Zandt how to do scoop slams on Instagram. Like they they, <laughs> they announced that match before the girl had started training. Like, what is up with that? Like, they're going to come back to that match around like all out times. So remember this segment from fucking April? Well, he, he like what? Yeah. Really, really poor for for a sh- for a show that's as consistently good as AW stuff normally is. I mean, I, I I don't understand how they don't take a look at this whole feud and go, "All right, this is this has been a complete disaster." As soon as this pay per view is over, we're moving quickly along. From it. Well, speaking of speaking of AEW generally being good and Dynamite was great. Well, but not even that. I was going to say there was a. Uh, a little reportage this week that um, oh, of course, yeah, the people are happy with it. A, a, a bit of a chaotic scene uh, backstage uh, on on TV taping day, as it were, um, mm-hmm. and you know that might explain uh, why the show is generally of good quality, but certain certain low quality things slip through the cracks. Um, I did also hear that the top dog in the company got wind of that report and was very upset about it getting out. Um, which is also funny, um, you know. But he is one. He's one of them who, like Tony Khan, is one of them. He's like he's one of these. Oh, I'm a billionaire, and I don't think he's ever done the Vince "I hate sleep" speech necessarily. But he has three gigantic jobs, um, uh, and uh, not knowing anything about American or or, or uh, you know normal football. I do know on the wrestling side of things that, like, after that whole Max Caster thing, like, he claims to edit Dark himself, which I, I don't believe he does that, but I believe he probably has a hand in it. Um, uh, you know, so some stuff slips through the cracks. I mean, let's talk about Dynamite and all the good stuff on it, but I do want to make mention of, of, of um, some of the whiffs on Dynamite. And I think it's after two lengthy talking segments, I have to commend AEW for giving it a try, but I... I don't think Serena Deeb is the uh, Eddie Kingston of the women's division that she has perhaps been given the op- the, the potential to be. No. Um, uh, I thought the thing with Rosa the other week. Rosa, I think, is good in short bursts. Obviously, she's not. She's speaking her second language, which is obviously a factor. Um, but I think she's pretty good in short bursts. I thought the thing with Deeb the other week was not great. And then Deeb's segment this week was pretty. Like, she was, you know. She was trying to go quite real with the material, which is fine. But I thought her, I, I, I thought she was very robotic. I thought it was, it, it wasn't great at all. And I thought having Dustin Rhodes out there towering over the two women did not help at all. Picking Rosa up, like basically over his shoulder, to, like they were too bad. I thought she he was going to give her a spine buster. I, I was just like, it's like I, I know what they're going for with him as her mentor and stuff. But like he looked like he was separating two bowel children. Do you know what I mean? Like it just looked, it, the optics were just terrible. Mm. Um, so that that feud is also not really hitting for me, despite the fact that I think the match would probably be class because they're two great wrestlers, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I wasn't too hot on the Jokers either on this show. No. Um, oh my God, Johnny Johnny Tax Office Johnny DMV <laughs> Johnny Tesco showed up for his his nine hundredth name. I'm. I hope he's a one and done. Because he is, I, I think he's he's someone you're 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 past the um, the point of uh, well maybe WWE didn't use him right. 
I don't have that fear for him. Yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see him die away, Rick. No, uh, bring him. Bring him in for one. One and done. All right, thanks, Johnny. I don't see the benefit in him being one of the names you bring in. To be honest, no. I I I think he's the ultimate big fish, small pond guy. Like you know, Lucha Underground Impact, Impact. You know that kind of guy. No interest. And also, like I I didn't really think there was a chance it would be Johnny Gargano. But when the name Johnny comes up on the <laughs> fucking screen, I'm like, oh my god, how did you? They they hardly did that on purpose. I don't think they did. I think they just thought that's just the video they made. You know. Yeah. Um. Oof. Match was okay. Nothing, nothing to write home about. Yeah, I would rather that he would not be uh, a name taking up space on this otherwise too big roster. Yeah, I, I, I think it is a one and done though. We, we didn't get a fucking Johnny. A Johnny is all elite. Graphic. Yeah, thank God. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other one. I mean, Maki Ito. Yeah, she's she, fun to see her at least. Fun to see her, um, and she always gets over. And I, you know, but, but as a joker though, but as a joker again, because the women's one was the one where I was kind of like, surely it has to be someone big. It has to be like I was like, at least I was thinking it have to be Athena, um, uh, which would have been cool. Um, it's just like someone. I mean, she got a good reception, so it's not like it was a complete dud. It's not like it was fucking. Uh, uh, you know, like Nyla or someone we see every week. Do you know what I mean? That would obviously be lame. But it is like someone we've seen before who's been on the show plenty. And, you know, I think, again, the match was okay. You know, it was kind of just like a Maki showcase. She did all her spots and then she lost, you know? Yeah. Um, How come when Johnny Elite was in WWE, he wasn't called like Johnny Fed or something? Because they're like, brother, we don't do that shit. You, you're John Morrison. All right, you've been, you were John Morrison when you left ten years ago, and brother, you ain't going any higher in the card, so you're staying John Morrison. All right, Johnny New York. Oh, Johnny New York would be great. Um, yeah. Anyway, one one really great match here: Hangman Page and Konosuke Takeshita. That was very good. Really fantastic. Yeah. It was so good. So good. Takeshita, obviously. Takeshita. Uh, yeah, he's... I mean, yeah, I, I wonder how far they're going to go with Takeshita because he is kind of just losing effort in a great match guy currently. Mm. Um, obviously, I didn't expect him to win Hangman Page. That, that, that's not, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But it just, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. Uh, what else do we have? They had the Ten Lashes segment, which I thought was a very clever twist on it. Because uh, I, I did rewatch the Cody segment in anticipation for this. <laughs> what a contrast. Good. Cody was very emotive and oh, selling it. And, oh, uh. and Wardlow just with the fucking giant tits popping. <laughs> No selling, little smile, little, oh, think you're hurting me. Very funny. Very, very good. And I like the beat down at the end of the segment. Yeah, the low blow was a great way to end it. And we got, you got the extra lashes in, you know, with the the finish. Yeah, very good. I'm interested to see now for the cage match because obviously MGF is the guest ref. So I'm interested to see what they do, like a submission maybe or something to get around that MGF won't count them. 
Yeah, guest ref stuff is always really odd. My thing about a guest ref is just kind of like, why wouldn't you just immediately count to three if you're a heel? Not even if their shoulders are down, because at the end of the day, it's all referee discretion. So you can just ring the bell and say, oh, yeah, his shoulders are down. You know what I mean? But I know, but I, I know that's, that's being very cinema sins about it. Yeah. Wrestling logic. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing is, if the two of them are in the cage of Wardlow, like, why don't they just both start beating the shit out of them immediately? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, uh, you know. Um, well, why? Well, I'm just thinking in advance. Maybe that's your point. Maybe you won't. But like, why would MJF act at all like a referee for any point of the match, apart from counting the three? Yeah, he needs to do it like when you were playing SmackDown as a kid, and you were just as much of an arsehole when you were the referee. Yeah. As possible. Um, yeah, we'll see. This is another another winner of an MJF feud. I mean, what else is new? Um, William Regal and Chris Jericho face to face, where William Regal said. Listen, sunshine, I'll put your toothbrush up my bum bum. Mm, this was weird. That was a weird segment. <laughs> yeah, like it was All like right, Jericho's like, anyway, four of the six guys in the ring are likely to be found OD'd in a ditch somewhere. And when that happens, by the way, I'll be glad. And then Regan's like, well, I'll tell you what, Trico, your little bit of Colgate's been up my tuckus. How about that? It was very kind of like he came back with like what almost a little bit WWE William Regal yeah. verbiage. Do you know what I mean? Compared to Jericho going like really in on them. The irony was that Jericho's promo was like something you'd expect from a, a team called the Blackpool Combat Club. And William Regal's was a promo we'd expect from a team of mm. sports entertainers. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Flipped. Um, and so there is dissension in the, but it's just going to be a, Street fight. Yeah, so Jericho T Stadium Stampede, which thankfully they are not doing. Uh, and then... Yeah, the last one was a dud. Yeah, and, and Moxley was like, oh, fuck all that shit. Uh, we're going to do... We're just going to fucking fight. And I thought they were going to do T's Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. But then yeah. he goes, you can call it whatever you want. Call it Anarchy in the Arena. Who cares? But then on, Ramp- on Rampage, they advertise it as Anarchy in the Arena. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing it's just going to be a street fight. I, I'm guessing because of the branding, it is going to be somewhere with stadium stampede in the arena. It's not a stadium yeah. necessarily. Uh, It'd be like a, a backstage brawl, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's I'm fine with that so long as it's not like they don't do like pre tapes and cinematic fucking shit where right. people getting chased in cars and stuff. You know? No, I think it'll be like this. The um, oh, what was it? The six man tag from the last. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. The, yeah. The one we just had, Revolution. Yeah. Is it, yeah. With um, Adam Cole, Jungle Christian's five star match. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's added to the card. This card looks like it's going to be seven hours long. Um, uh, they also added Anna J and Jade Cargill on on Rampage as well. Off the back of one segment one where segment. Anna J ran out with a crutch. Yeah. Took, took the crutch off Max, right? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long one. Uh, what was the main event on uh, Dynamite? Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy in a five-minute five match. Because, right, right again, Dynamite, the, the those main events are getting shorter because things are going long. Too much chaos going on. Yeah. Um, although, to be honest, I actually thought the match was pretty good. I had no interest in seeing them go in eight minutes or ten minutes or, mm. you know, 15 minutes. Um, okay. I think Jeff Hardy, good, short bursts um, when he's doing a regular match, you know. Mm. And then, and then the last item we have, 
Joey Janela put his foot on fire. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And they, they, they didn't have any like fire stickers or anything in the building to put it out. Yeah, so clever, clever man. Yeah, clever man. And so he just sat there while a bunch of people threw water bottles at him. Uh, oh, on fire! God, there has not been a gift from that show that I've seen that wasn't totally embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I mean, we make the points. About the big wrestling companies, right? Like with the big E injury we had, unfortunately, recently, it's like okay, when you're when you're thinking these spots through, you have to account for, and of course, wrestling is always there's danger, but you have to account for specifically what are the risks if something will go wrong. And it seems like George Janet is just like, oh, just set me foot on fire <laughs> and throw it, throw me a water bottle, and I'll the 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 tiny amount of water in the bottle will put this fire out. Yeah, and then of course it didn't happen. It was it was something you'd see on. Fucking, you've been framed. <laughs> yeah, you've been, like the most depressing episode of you've been framed ever. <laughs> He's trying to put it out with his bottle of water, trying to, da- to dab it out with a shirt or something. Oh my god, comical, comical impon- uh, levels of uh, incompetence. Terrible, terrible idiocy. Yeah. Anyway, I don't miss him on AEW. No, that's a, that's very fair. Um, I tried to give him the benefit of a doubt for a while because I've enjoyed some of his stuff, but yeah, no, not at all. And so that's everything for this week. That is everything for this week. We will call it there. We'll be back next week with more uh, of all, all the usual funny games. We'll have a double or nothing preview, I guess, for next week's show. Mm-hmm. Talk about the go home AEW stuff as well as the usual guffs that you all love. Uh, come to have come to love and expect from us is the sentence I'm trying to say there. Uh, probably no more quizzes. We'll take a little break from the quizzes for a while. I, w- I would imagine. Um, you know, let's 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 just retire quizzes. I think um, the disrespect. Unless the unless unless we're just going to play winning streak next week. Um, uh, you know. Can you knock together an anagram there of kill Barry? Uh, um, uh, uh, Barry Lick. You know. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we will be back next week with all of the usual fun and games thank you everyone for listening do pop us an email chairshoppodcast.com if you are so inclined and we will read it out on the show until then everyone it is goodbye from me it is goodbye from Joe goodbye goodbye from Paul goodbye goodbye